0: So this is Spud. Um, Before we get into the podcast for this month, I just wanted to make this pre-roll that uh, a lot of what Brandon said in the intro, we had to record after the fact because he had to leave early to help with his baby. Um, So you might hear some some banter where we kind of record what we think Brandon's going to say. So I tried to throw some of that in there, and then we lost some of his audio like halfway through. So he had to re-record some of what either he said or what I thought he said on the edit. So if some things don't line up or sound kind of disjointed at areas, uh, that's, that's the issue. Now on with the show.
1: Greetings, audience, and welcome to another Dart Jam podcast episode. I'll be your host today, Boomstick Mons. And with me, I've got Brandon Diaz. I'm Brandon. We've also got with us... Nate. Hello.
0: Bud Sp- Spadoni. Hi. Oh, I just pulled a muscle on my back. Hello. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Please
1: leave that in. And we actually have today our very first guest on the Dart Jam Podcast episode. It's the man with the hat,
2: Bray, Barrette, Bert. Hello. I am man with hat. I am here to jam. And
1: that is what we do here.
0: Why are you that excited when you call my name, Boom? man
1: man uh, (laughs) man, it's been been a long day and of course with us we've got go. go.
2: that's what I wanted to hear
0: that's what I wanted to hear oh man we gotta get the YouTube algorithm like high energy
3: content remember guys punch that that subscribe button hit that like button and abuse that comment section
1: See, that's why I feel like like Brett does his Burt videos, so he doesn't have to have those high energy.
0: <laughs> yeah, which is funny because of kind of the content we're talking about today. Indeed.
1: But uh, before we get into our main topic, what's everybody been up to today? Brett, since you're our
2: guest, let's start with you. Sure. I've been looking at quite a few blasters recently. I did, in fact, get a few Dart Zone blasters in the mail, which I have been trying to put through their paces so I can best reflect on them, so that has been fun. I've also had the opportunity to go to a few games, uh, especially since I moved down to Southern California. I've been able to do a few in the area, and I also just went to the Bay Area not long ago for a BTA Flag Push Test Weekend and a Bay Area Ultra Stock game. So it was fun to play with some blasters of mine, borrow some other stuff, and just I don't know, play out in the sun. It's been a long time since I've actually gotten to play with some of those folks. And it was really fun to do. Nice.
1: That sounds like a really fun time. Yeah. I, on the other hand, have been stuck inside. I've gotten lots of modding done. I finished a couple of meowsers, a couple of quicks. And, uh, but uh, I missed two games uh, this past couple of weeks because uh, first, I got food poisoning and then Mm. I got COVID so I've been stuck in the house for a while it's been fun but I have gotten some modding done so not too much for me Uh, Brandon what have you been up to?
2: Eating my baby green beans can we
3: just can we we just have Beret dubbing all of Brandon's lines that he's missed (laughs) right honestly (laughs)
2: guys, uh, Brandon Diaz here? Yeah, Yeah, you a 360 camera, better than you. (laughs)
3: Accurate. That's too too accurate.
4: I've actually been getting back in the swing of things, creating videos and all that kind of stuff, because that's what I'm supposed to be doing. And uh, that's been a little bit of a challenge, but I'm making it work. And I also recently just relaunched my web store. I'm uh, discontinuing three printed products because it's really hard to do that. And I'm not good at it. And instead I'm focusing on foam flinging related clothing, doing like shirts, jerseys, that kind of stuff. And I'm really excited about it actually. Cause I, I really like how a lot of those designs came out.
3: Nice. You've been up to anything, Nate? Uh, yeah, I've been, I've been building a meowser. Um, it's the, new blaster from old fusion designs um i'm really loving this thing it's just like so simple to put together um and i'm also coming off my uh rs 187 party crasher build um yeah that was not a good experience <laughs> and this is a very very much a fresh of breath air. but
0: Fresh of breath air, you see.
3: Oh, leave it it in. I love it. I love it. That's funny. Oh my god, we (laughs) we I I am blooper reeling so hard right now.
0: Lysdexia. (laughs) No, I'm actually not dyslexic,
3: but oh my god, uh, yeah. I didn't say that. (laughs) Anyway, yeah. Um, built a meowser Um, and I've actually been uh ordering parts to start building a quick on commission for someone. So uh, that's what I've been doing. I also nice. just purchased a hardware kit for one of the blasters we're about to talk about in our uh, new releases section. So,
0: ooh, oh,
1: me too. <laughs> uh, what have you been up to, Spud?
0: Honestly, as far as Nerf stuff has gone, I've been pretty much like non-existent since I got back from War. I think like there was such a ramp up for it that uh, I really kind of just needed a break from designing stuff, from going to wars, um, which is nice. I, I enjoyed En-More for yeah. sure, but I just I. I found that it, it wore me out for sure. Um, I am trying to finish up my End War kind of uh, full recap that I'm making because, you know, I was a part of so many events in NWAR. Uh, you know, there's a lot that I can cover. So I felt like I, I wanted to make a video kind of just to almost make, make a time capsule for myself so I can remember some of these things for the future. Um, today I bought a Nexus Pro on Facebook Marketplace for $10, which was pretty clutch. So got that home today. Nice. So I finally have a
2: Nexus Pro after being an Aon Pro boy for life. Um, so that's Nexus cool. Pro. Greatest blaster of all time, the Nexus Pro. Just finding it in 2022. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Um, it, it definitely doesn't compete with the Mark 1.2 and the 2.1 I got in the mail from Dart Zone, uh, after being a part of the... Um, uh, from Pro tours. I got those in the mail like Wednesday or Tuesday. I uh, still haven't opened those up yet. But uh, yeah, kind of been all I've been about in the past month or so.
1: All right. And uh,
3: we've actually kind of talked to... Wait, oh, that... did, did Bray not... What? You went first. Bray went first. Oh my God, I'm so freaking. Where are tired. you?
2: I'm... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't talk about any blasters because I ain't got... Gotten... None that I've been working on. <laughs> I get free stuff from Dart Zone and I shit all night.
1: <laughs> now we're to the part where we talk about community blasters and blasters in general that have been coming out lately. Now, not too much that what I've seen for the most part. Obviously, we talk, both Nate and I have both uh, been building uh, meowsers, which are almost ready to come out of beta at the time of recording of this. So... The Meowser uses the Flycore system similar to the Quick. It can be set up with full-size micro Hurricane wheels, a bunch of different setups, full auto within 20 motors. It's basically built around the Flycore system like the Quick, and it's a very, very fun and exciting blaster. Uh, I talked about it briefly in my Quick video, but I'm very happy with it, and I'm excited to see more blasters coming out from this. Go ahead, Nate.
3: Yeah, I I think the – main appeal of the meowser is, uh, well, it's, uh, obviously had the quick, uh, debuting the angled fly core. Uh, but for, I know a bunch of people don't have those angled magazines right. and other people don't like the whole mag and grip thing. So I think the, the meowser that's built around a straight magazine fly core is definitely, uh, a, a lot of people are going to be building that.
1: Absolutely. By the way, um, but i did post a picture of it in the chat so if you want to look at what let's we'll see what it looks like
3: what the <laughs> yeah
0: uh, yeah the meowser i mean it's a cool look i mean it's it's kind of uh, uh real steel light it, it's not like super involved um it still has enough mm-hmm. like elements that don't feel like dangerous which I, I i love when people find that nice common balance and um yeah. you know uh Old fusion designs, they they just really kill it with a lot of the stuff they've been doing recently. So um, I'm always, even if I'm not a flywheel person, I'm always interested in kind of the work they're putting out.
2: I think I slept like too long and then this just appeared. I have no idea when this actually (laughs) popped up, but it looks really cool. And apparently everyone has one because you guys all have pictures of them. So that's (laughs) great. Yeah, right? Yeah. Beta testing.
0: They kind of popped up (laughs) like
3: around FoamCon, right? Ah. The Meowser was Uh, like... The Quick did. Yeah, no, the Quick was very, very early Mm. beta. Wait, no. The Quick was like very near release at FoamCon, and the Meowser was very early beta. Yeah. I think the one thing that we did see there that that hasn't come out yet is the Han Solenoid. Which is a body kit yeah. for the Meowser that makes it look like Han Solo's blaster? Could you wait? Could you what say that you again, please? Got the what was it? Hans, called? The Han solenoid.
1: God yes. darn it! I don't
0: think isn't so. That, good.
1: I think that's a solen. That's more of the solenoid <laughs> setup, isn't it? I thought this is the uh, DL forty four accessory kit. Essentially, it looks it makes it look like the Han Solo blaster, which is that's hilarious awesome. and
2: amazing. And uh, I want it <laughs> better than the one that Nerf put out. You guys remember? Well, there's Ooh. two variants, I guess, of that. Oh, uh, three, yeah. I should say. There's the like full like rifle stock one. and yeah, barrel. Then there's the yeah. blue one and then there's the micro. Yee.
1: And none of them are good. A <laughs> <source>. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so definitely keep an eye out for the meowser. That should be coming out. Off of Old Fusion Designs, Etsy, you'll probably see the files available there, just like the Quick. Uh, another blaster that just popped up and is now entering uh, beta. They just posted a video about it. from. No, it's Northeast it's full Designs. released.
3: It's full released. There, there, there's no it's beta. It's full released?
1: I thought it was still entering no beta. Breaking right. news. So, <laughs> they just uploaded their video today, and my hardware arrived today. Uh, so I'll Wait, be looking really? out my... Yeah, yeah. Uh, when they were asking, they were asking for early uh, uh, in their discord, asking for people who wanted to build one. And uh, I was one of the first few to throw my name into the hat and bought one like right off the bat. So mine just came today. So I I have a it's called a Kitsune. It is a Springer mag in grip blaster taking angled mags and and Nightingale mags. Actually, it takes both much like the uh, quick Um. It has a couple of different barrel sets up. It's really small, honestly, surprisingly, uh, for a Springer. It's basically a very minimal Springer design from what I can
0: see. Yeah.
1: There's a video already out on it. It's so tiny. It's top prime, and it's it's amazing. And it like, looks I'm like a little fox.
3: It's so adorable. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, got, it's like got little ears, ears and, and tail on there, is. I think.
1: Absolutely yeah. adorable. And... They've got two different barrel options
3: for it. And the holster. Don't forget about the holster. And Oh, nice.
1: Yes, the holster, which is also fantastic. Like, they definitely put a lot of work into this design. And like I said, I built both the Fenturi and the Camaro, which is also made by Northeast Designs. And I, I love their uh, their work. It's great.
0: Yeah, I mentioned to some people before we started recording, but like there was another blaster that had come out with a similar silhouette. It was kind of like a prototype almost. And and they like, I'm not sure if they were inspired by it or not, but it had a very similar silhouette. And I really, I really start to like, I'm starting to like this silhouette more than any other type of, I guess, pistol, homemade pistol setup, because just by definition of the grip being in front of the action. It has such like a science fiction aesthetic mm. that it doesn't come off firearm lights like a lot of the other kind of current hobby pistols can, and I think like just from a jumping off point, it's such a good silhouette because of that. Um, and I think there's a lot that can grow in it. Like I would love to see different variants of this in the future. I'm been really interested in, in this blaster so far.
1: How uh, long but you think before Silly Butts makes
0: a pump action? I was thinking that. I was thinking a stock I mean, version. He'll <laughs> right?
3: probably make a pump action silly pistol first, which I think is the blaster you were saying uh. it looks a lot like, because there is uh the oh, man, unlike I, I uh the it. Caliburn or uh I guess I'd say Lynx, uh the plunger tube is not in line with the barrel, and neither is it turned around, so it's still. Straight lined up, but there's a piece called the turn down that basically makes an S curve, and that's how you're able to squeeze everything a lot closer together.
0: Mm-hmm. Turn down for what? Oh god, I was thinking that too, oh,
2: but I held
1: I could.
0: <laughs> oh my I could god. not do it,
1: and I feel ashamed of myself.
2: <laughs> Your joke was bad, and you should feel
0: bad. No, I, I'm kidding. I do. <laughs> that was great. I might cut that. That's so bad. <laughs>
1: No, don't cut it. Leave it in. No, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, but I think that's all the community blasters that I've seen pop up recently.
0: I guess new stuff. I know the the slab, right? That's the one that like us officially released and and kind of uh not. Is it
1: officially well, released? It's in beta, now? I think, think. Maybe.
3: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. You're right. No, it is so, fully released. Version four is full released. The kits are on okay, Silver gotcha. Fox. You can buy them.
2: Past tense. I think. Look at that.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah, I so think the they're slab, sold out already probably seen around there
1: you go. quite a few people have been grabbing slabs. It's the lever action mag fed blaster from silly butts. It looks great. It works great. I have one. It's fantastic. I love it. I
2: didn't realize it was so powerful.
1: Oh, yeah, that thing's a beast.
0: When I first saw it, it was at Enmore and the darts were like kind of just like plopping out of the barrel. And I was like, oh, that's not not great. And then it was like, oh, it was tuned down for N War. That's why it was doing that. And I was like, yeah. oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha.
1: Yeah, and the fact that you can tune it down or tune it up as necessary, because I believe the V4 even has like a quick swap spring option, uh, which the V3 didn't. So that's really oh, nice. nice as well. So yeah. yes, th- thank you for that. Yeah, that's... Yeah, the, the, the slab is definitely one that... If you want a lever action blaster, get the slab. The slab is the best lever action blaster I've used so far.
3: I'd argue it Fine. is, and you can actually obtain it, unlike the uh, Shellington, uh, the The Wing
1: Chester. As much as I love the Winchester, I do agree. It's a lot easier to put together, too. Right. Now, I believe that's all the community blasters, unless somebody wants to correct right. me again. <laughs> but there was something big in the nerf community in general, and that is, well... One official announcement where we already see the blasters, and that's the Star Trek blasters that have come out recently. They've got two blasters coming out for the Star Trek line.
2: Uh, Brad, I'm assuming you saw these, right? I have seen the Nerf-limited Star Trek phasers, yes. Yeah, it's interesting,
1: because apparently one is a flywheel blast, So you, you've yes. essentially got, oh, what are they called, the... Uh, I'm trying to find their names real quick. I Borg? think I'd be more prepared for this. No, yeah. they have names. Um, well, one
0: is a type of phaser, right? The pistol one. They're both.
1: Well, there's. T- oh, sorry. Yeah, here they go. So you essentially have the Starfleet Type Two and Three phasers. Uh, you have the larger rifle, which is the flywheel blaster with an internal clip, which is interesting. It holds five darts. It's a rifle being infected by the Borg. And then the other one, you have like the standard Star Trek phaser, which is a rear prime single dart blaster. It's interesting. It's a thing. Is the way I put it. Yeah. <laughs> it is a thing. It is a $120 thing.
0: Look, we've known since day one with the limited line that the goal here is not for performance because the, was the, the yeah. f- Phantom or whatever the, the Mandalorian name of that blaster is. I mean, it's a single shot <laughs> breach thing. But like, at least that's like the point of buying that is like if you're going to cosplay or if you want just like a version of this blaster, you can have it. And like, I don't know, like when I think of Star Trek, when I think of the phaser, this is not the type of phaser, at least I think of. Uh, Maybe other people are different. Uh, I've heard other people who have a nostalgia for like this specific model. Um, the colors are kind of wacky. Like you have like a lot of like blues and greens and whites and oranges and, and charcoal. Like it's a very like uh, almost like a Busby kind of color scheme where it's just kind of like a lot of just oh, like yeah. uh, primary colors thrown onto something. Um, I'm not sure about that pistol though. <laughs> like the pistol, it's like funky. just performance, <laughs> like and how that works. You had to like basically pull the blaster in half and then push it back together, <laughs> and. I don't know. It's not for me, that's for sure, but if you like it, you win.
2: I think a lot of people, yeah, reminded folks, like, hey, you know, might not be for you, but yeah, for those who do want it, you know, big Trekkies, this might be something kind of cool, and I've, like, dabbled a little bit in Star Trek. I'm not the huge, like, Star Trek fan compared to Star Wars, but, like, you know, there, I can see the appeal, but at the same time, I've also seen some of the like comments about kind of questioning like yeah why is why didn't they just make it like the phaser with no Borg assimilation on the side yeah. because it only serves to kind of piss yeah. off fans and and like again if you like it and you want to buy it and you want to spend your money on it I think that's great because it it' still kind of advertising a cool like some cool features which I would hope to see uh like an in-person model first or like a I'd hope to see something (laughs) being held first before I would fully commit to a pre-order because unfortunately, you know, it's all, it's all pre-orders and we just don't know the scale until we actually see someone holding a prototype, like bare minimum, please. Yeah. But like, yeah, there's some weird directions still with this one. And it's kind of been my question about nerf limited the whole time, like the identity of like, okay, so these are, Props, but they're also functional blasters and finding that balancing point has been clearly very difficult But at the same time are these supposed to be Or would they have been more popular if they had kind of just said like here's a Star Trek phaser Like just with our nerfified color scheme be like, oh I get it or are we gonna try a little bit of everything because you talk about the Mandalorian Ammon phase pulse blaster where it's supposed to look like a replica, and it doesn't. And then this one's supposed to look like a phaser, kind of. And then the Needler, which, oh, that, that looks exactly like a Needler, I guess. So I'm not really sure what the initial direction was here, but, um, I mean, it, it, is, it is a Star Trek. It, it is one of the Star Trek blasters of all time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Aliens one
0: is
3: a good Go one, ahead, Nate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I sorry, I just disconnected there. Um yeah, I th- I think it, it's weird because we're not really sure if they're like, oh, we're going to go all aesthetics and then like the the performance is like a side thing and then like you have the the nerf aliens uh what's it the pulse rifle that that's like I've seen a lot of people want to run that in HVZ because it basically has a um It's so cool. <laughs> it has Coming a built-in soon, master key. Cool. What's not to like? Yeah.
0: I think a lot of that also just it is defined by the, the source material itself, right? Like you can't have a mag fed like flywheel blaster that's a, you know, uh, uh, whatever, whatever. I can't even remember what the Star Trek thing is, but like you can't have that because of the way the blaster is designed in universe. So you're kind of limited by the looks of it.
2: Yep. And that um, aliens blaster is already available in some parts of the world. And it's supposed to be coming to the US hopefully within the next month. I'm hoping mine
0: comes in soon. And there's um, obviously
2: some yeah. topics on that one. But yeah, in the terms of yeah. a Star Trek blaster. <laughs> I was going to say, you, you've you had a good track record with getting
1: your limited edition blasters in a timely manner, oh, right? Oh,
2: no. <laughs> I broke my Mando
1: blaster. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. I, I broke the
2: breach using it as described. But we're moving past that. We're we're in the better part of life now. We're in the present now. Yeah, we don't comparing anything to the Mando rifle is is pretty low bar. I I think there's something cool here. Like internal magazine flywheel powered, I'm sure it'll work as advertised. Well I would hope. But I I mean (laughs) some people have had some really hot takes on this and I think they're silly. Like I guess at this point we kind of know if you want to buy it. Go ahead and buy it. You oh, know, yeah. 120 bucks. Absolutely. It's not nothing, but if you're willing to put that kind of money down then I hope that you're, uh, you know, excited for this kind of blaster because it's uh there's nothing really like it. But also you're going to be waiting until end of 2023. Y- yikes. Yeah
0: yeah I think I think it's kind of like again going with the cosplay thing like if you bring this to a cosplay event like just being able to fire something out of your prop I think a lot of people Mm -hmm. maybe think that's like a visceral experience like that's more of like you can experience that in a much higher level than just like a 3d printed thing that doesn't do anything at all that doesn't have moving components and like some of them like the especially the aliens one where it has like the led counter already built in it has lights and sounds the master key works it's really it's a fun experience if you want to even if you just want to pretend like you're one of the characters in the film i definitely think like in going back to like performance will vary depending on form factor and depending on license and whatever like limited is kind of one of those blaster lines for nerf that like doesn't really have an identity and that's kind of the the whole point because they're different franchises and different things and different licenses but like they're all so different like it's kind of just this like overarching like prop cosplay kind of line but each release is completely different than the last and like as far as like marketing goes it's interesting like the aliens one is totally different than this one and functions completely different and from the alien one and from the mando one and from the boba fett one um which i totally forgot that one existed until just now so so it's, it's a weird line like how they how they like kind of uh advertise it because they definitely have a very certain clientele in mind for it.
2: Gallerhorn as well. Hey. <laughs> yeah, the, oh, that's the, right,
0: Gallarhorn. the Gallarhorn. It's, uh, oh, shoot. Yeah, which I, own thing. I can't even imagine how it's going to even look uh, because it's it's massive. And you like can't order that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
3: I think the main thing about the Nerf Limited line has been like, we're doing these props let's add something funky into the mix like the mm-hmm. galhorn has mega shells uh the boba fett has yeah. removable removable cylinders this has an internal clip for whatever reason it's <laughs> boo
1: <laughs> the mando blaster exists
3: <laughs> yeah right i don't like this trend <laughs> Look, I know within five minutes of getting it, someone's going to carve it out and put a magwell in it. Like, you know that's going to happen. Oh,
0: 100%. Oh, I'm sure.
3: Because everything must be performance oriented and nothing can be fun and challenging to use.
0: I'm waiting on a Mighty Morphin Blaster because you know it's going to happen eventually. Oh,
1: yeah. Uh, That's going to be tricky because now you're talking toy licensing agreements.
0: What do you mean? Hasbro owns Power Rangers.
2: Do they? They don't have to pay squat. Oh. Yeah, that's theirs. Never mind then. Yeah, that's a good question. Why aren't what there? If we pay ourselves.
3: I, honestly, if, if never mind if, then. if you have like these, I, like you had like these jolt or or uh, micro shot size blasters, and they combined into like some sort of megazord, I think that would be super cool. <laughs> that works so well. Like we already had something like this. Uh, uh, I, it was like a Buzzbee blaster. No, that had like. You were oh and It was a it.
0: transforming thing, maybe I don't know the transformer. Oh ones. no, you're talking about like the, the ultimate series a... where you had like the ultimate missile blast. You had yeah, that, exactly the like, one, the flywheel uh, one. Yeah,
3: but yeah, you also had the Transformers ones. You had the you had the Optimus Prime one, and you had the Starscream one. I think it was the fighter jet. But there's also the off-brand ones mm-hmm. where
0: they like turned into like a bird, and one turned into like a lion or something.
2: Hasbro's come into in. But Doink that idea.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that'll work for their market. I'm sure they're going to steal our ideas and give us no money or credit.
2: (laughs) I'm I'm still optimistic. I'm curious what they'll still put out in this line.
0: You never know. They have so many licenses that they can pull from. Like it's the the, like it's endless for them. Honestly.
1: Oh yeah, and I'm sure that this is going to be a continuing trend where they keep. I mean, it's worked for them so far.
3: Yeah. Yep. Absolutely true.
1: But only time will tell. And hey, what good is a blaster unless you run it in a war? And how are we going to know that you ran it in a war unless you film it and post it online? Which brings us to today's topic. That
0: transition.
1: Gameplay footage. Thank you. I've been trying to get there for a while. (laughs) (laughs) That was
3: a transition, Uh, indeed. And we have now closed the loop. The circle is now complete. Yes,
1: we have. Yes, we have. Unless we want like to back add to the anything future. else.
2: <laughs>
0: Snakey detail.
1: Is there anything else anyone wants to bring up before we get to that?
0: Please no.
2: <laughs> I would say we don't need to talk about Nerf Fest tomorrow because that could probably yeah. be something else completely, depending on what gets announced. Oh,
0: oh, I yeah, I was just about to say oh, yeah, you're right. about that
2: But it's it's off topic. I mean, we're for also this not a. Uh, yeah. uh, yeah. oh yeah
1: we're not really a nerf news no, uh no. podcast we just like we usually don't even talk about official nerf blasters that are come out i just thought it'd be interesting to talk about yeah this is just a like, kind yeah. of stuff just happened. and it's a hot topic the one. community tends to yeah because we've talked about darts and stuff like usually it's like we talk about stuff that the community seems to be talking about at the time so i'm not too worried unless the community is really interested because i know we didn't bring up the whole 90s theme thing that's the gonna fun, be happening i don't know testing? what it is yeah. but mm-hmm. yeah so we'll see how that goes yep. all right today we're going to be talking about gameplay footage now obviously several of us on here do gameplay footage as a main source for our youtube channels and whatnot i know i do more highlight reels Brandon's been doing gameplay footage, and obviously, you know, Brett does his whole I'd run that in a War Series. And even Nate and Spud, I believe, also have been jumping into the gameplay scenes as well. So all of us here have some experience with gameplay footage as far as filming and editing and making videos out of them. And the first thing that I'd like to kind of talk with everyone about here is... What is the purpose of gameplay footage? Why do we make gameplay footage? And why do you think people watch gameplay footage?
2: Gameplay footage has been a cornerstone of my whole Nerf and YouTube experience up to this point, actually. And from the earliest days that I started making gameplay footage, it was about just sharing my experiences. Initially, it was sharing it with friends just to show, hey, look what happened. Look at the angle I got. Wasn't that funny? Remember when he fell down? Remember when he got hit in the head? Wasn't that funny? (laughs) And then other people can see it and say, ah, that was hilarious. I want to do that next time. So it's to share the experiences, to encourage others to play as well, because when people see your footage, they think, that's really cool. I want to do that too. And then it's also, of course, to show off the blasters, because you can't have gameplay footage. Well, you, you can't have gameplay footage without the blasters. I guess I've done that before too, but it's way more interesting (laughs) when there's something fun blaster-wise on screen, because then people are also encouraged to, again, play with different blasters, maybe record it themselves, and just to play overall.
1: Yeah, I think you pretty much kind of nailed it with that one, because I myself started, like that's how my channel got started, was with gameplay footage in and of itself. Because I used to do uh, video editing back in the day ever since I was a teenager and I was looking to get back into video editing and I was also getting to nerf at the same time. And so I was like, all right, what can I do video editing with? Uh, let's film and edit nerf gameplay footage videos. So I think the very first video I posted as boomstake mods was a Maryland nerf herder game. And like you said, it's fun reliving those games, seeing some of the kind of cool shots, some of the fun memories. It's, very exciting for the people who you played with and also a chance to get to show all blasters that how they do in the field, uh, where some people might not have that experience or be able to see the blasters perform on the field. They can actually see it out there seeing how it performs. Yeah. And obviously there's different ways of doing gameplay footage. Like I used to do just straight gameplay footage. Now I've kind of switched over to more of a, highlight style gameplay footage so it's less focusing on the specific games more or less and more about the event as a whole and i found that works really well for me but uh brandon does really good like just game type videos which work out really well
4: yeah and i think like
1: that's me passing it over to you i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> yeah
4: and i think like for me like what i'm what i was trying to go for with gameplay footage is that It's important to remember that a large portion of our community have never actually been to a game, will never go to a game, don't have access to games. And so the reason why I do like I don't want to say unedited because it's super edited, but like uncut kind of footage is because I think it helps capture like what it's actually like to be at a game in a way that like when you have like a montage or something, it just doesn't really like capture that feeling So I think a lot of people are just wondering like what is it like like what's it like to just go out and just do this thing that I can't do yeah that's a good point point. and I mean obviously there's like an entertainment aspect of it although I'm not particularly entertaining but I think like for example like Brett's footage <laughs> you know it's, it's humorous to watch so it's fun even if you have actually been to a game but I, my target is people who are just wondering kind of what's the deal
0: well even if like you're different than like someone else's group or like what my group would do and how they play or or what have you um it's still like a difference between that and that's what's kind of interesting is seeing how other people from other areas of the country or world or just groups either interact or play game types um so I think sometimes the differences in how people play is what interests me because it's like you don't play like I do but I I, you know if I want to see how I play I'll just go to my own field so
3: yeah I find a lot of the time I use gameplay footage to sort of Uh, as an after action report to see like okay I was peeking this corner right I was doing that wrong Uh, I totally didn't see that guy who was right in front of my face Um, but yeah there's definitely something entertaining about you know going back and like uh, you know just seeing like how you're just doing everything I guess
4: I actually do that too that's interesting
1: I'll also say that when it comes to gameplay footage That is how some people discover clubs as well. Like, I've had people discover the Maryland Nerf Herder videos because they just searched up Maryland Nerf in YouTube and just stumbled upon some of my gameplay footage. So it's also really nice being able to look at an area, type in an area into YouTube, see what the games are like. Because you can always, like, see them on Facebook, see, oh, there's a group in this area. How do they play? What's their audience like who's playing what kind of blasters are running if there's gameplay footage of that group you can kind of get a decent idea of who they are how they run their games what their venue is like and that's actually a really big deal like i feel like that's extremely beneficial for the club that you play at just so people can see how your club actually plays
0: And I mean, like even I mean, this is kind of an extreme example. But like for me personally, like going off that point, like when I started to look at like HVZ videos a couple of years ago, I remember like there's this really awesome set of videos from Colorado State's HVZ event. And I was like in high school looking at colleges. It made me want to look at Colorado State just out of curiosity as like a school to go to because I was like, these HVZ events are really cool. So, I mean, obviously, it's an extreme case, but like. Even areas where I'm not around or, or just like curious if there's groups in my area, like it does make me curious about like, oh, this group is really cool in Canada. Like, If I'm ever in Canada, I wonder if I'll get a chance to play up there. So that's a really good point.
2: As a high schooler, I definitely had a short list of uh, places I thought would be fun to go to college because I'd seen their HVZ footage on YouTube. I went to none of them, but it was. <laughs> It was a fascinating <laughs> thing to then discover, as kind of you were mentioning, Boom, like the the other clubs or in this case is the HVZ group specifically in their in their games. I think that's how I learned about HVZ in the first place too. just like the footage that I saw randomly stumbled upon. Yeah. And like, I don't know, it, it,
0: it especially when you're younger, it gives you an interesting perspective of what like uh, college could be because I was like, man, this, you know, um, but I guess going into to me, like, I've done plenty of video work and editing just kind of like how Boom had with uh, multimedia, uh, like, as a part of some of the things I did in college and, and, and work-wise. But I haven't done anything necessarily um, super long-term with uh, YouTube for, for the nerf scene and everything. But, like, I remember, you know, when I was younger, um, how impactful a lot of, like, uh, going way back, the Forsaken Angel youtube videos were for me seeing how wars were held at least one part of the country because back then there really wasn't like any real war montages or videos at all going out so his were kind of like the first real glimpses of what this could be like and then shortly after i started attending wars um and then of course being in the area where drac is a huge presence it's kind of um uh you know there there's not as much need to like popularize our area but i i I definitely want to start getting into it more um just on a kind of uh personal level and um i think it's just kind of cool to see uh these like cool little moments where i've been nerfing for so long i'll talk to some of my friends about things that happened 10 years ago and it's like man it would have been great if we like recorded some of that and i mean i'm kind of glad we didn't because i was You know cringe and and you know just not not who i am today but you know so i'm kind of glad that footage doesn't exist but like now i want to start recording these moments so if i ever do leave this space uh you know at some point i'll at least have those moments that i can look back on
1: i agree with you there i'm actually really glad that i have gameplay footage from the early days of maryland nerf herders because i've gone back and watched them myself just to like kind of like reliving the old days and seeing how we've grown since then I've shared it with some of the current players to be like, Hey, look, this is how we started. This is where we used to be compared to where we are now. Right. And it's really nice to be able to see that kind of progress that the club has taken. Uh, I think my oldest video goes back to either like 2016, 2017, something like that. And even though that wasn't the beginning of the club, which would have been in 2015, it's still really cool to see that many years ago, the clubs. And here's something else that's really good about gameplay footage, the games themselves. Uh, it's kind of interesting because like, the community loves unique and funny games. Like, There's so many unique game types that I think only work in Nerf. And being able to see those played out, is incredibly fun i know i've gotten ideas from watching gameplay footage i believe i got the idea for defend the core from watching i believe it was uh tk's videos back in the day and that's where i got the idea about making the game defend the core from a game that they played at scnc which you'd know about right
0: right yeah for sure Um, And there's there's all sorts of weird games, You're right? Like there's there's Carpe, uh, which is another interesting one that like, was very niche. I think Flying Chicken made that and now like I've heard people from all over the country know what Carpe uh, is. So, uh, you know, it's kind of cool how like word probably spread just from the video alone.
1: Yeah, so as we can see, there's a lot of good reasons to have gameplay footage out there. And hey, this is a call out to all of you listeners make gameplay footage yeah like you might think it's cringe you might not film it post it out there it's doing more good than it could possibly do harm
0: exactly
1: (laughs) i i I might eat those words later (laughs) find out.
0: (laughs) well i mean like now i mean the the big ones are i mean apoc i'm sure had a lot of uh different angles but like going to end war and i was you know doing my own footage that i could get but like there are so many people who had so many different angles and shots from End War just from the HVZ, but also at like FoamCon and anything in between that like you. I mean, you can get a pretty good like idea of what some of these larger wars are from the kind of YouTube space or the creator space of this hobby. Like,
2: it's pretty impressive that we're at this level now. And some people just want to hoard that footage for themselves. Like, think about the last <laughs> time you were at a game and how many GoPros you saw and how many angles you've yeah. actually seen online. I think that's True. really funny. The more games I've gone to and then realize, like, wait a minute, you were recording, you were recording. What are you doing with that footage? Nothing? Yeah. Pro <laughs> check. Go ahead, go ahead and yeah, Pro <laughs> check. Go ahead and post it. Yeah, what's the harm we, in it? There's, there's no harm. Share it with the locals. Who knows who might enjoy it? We actually
1: do that in Maryland, me and a couple of other people. So it's me, Dart Suite, Geroscope, and one of our other players, Flankmaster Jess, who all film, and then we pull our GoPro footage together as well as our B roll, and that's where we're able to make some of the videos we make is just combining our footage together. And it works really well.
0: Yeah, multiple camera angles are super important.
3: Yeah, and I think we can we can discuss a lot of that later. But like, generally, you're only getting uh, one view, and I think that the reason why a lot of people don't post it online is because generally people are 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 a little self-conscious of how they play like oh i'm not getting like the 20 kills montages that i'm seeing on youtube so they kind of feel like oh i'm not a good enough player to post it but i i I do definitely agree that just post the footage because you're gonna get a lot more people excited about the game in general if you post it
0: yeah and and the thing is i mean There is a big caveat to like what camera you have, but I mean, luckily we're in an age where everyone has a pretty great camera just on their phones alone. So, I mean, if you can rig up a setup where you can put a phone in an area where you can record footage, then I mean, that's pretty solid. I've looked at footage from back in the day that I thought was like amazing uh, and like looking at it now, it's all in like 360p. Uh, You can barely see anything and it's like, wow, this used to like back in the day, this used to be like the best you could get and it was great. Um, So like compared to what used to be like the gold standard, you can do so much with just the camera
2: in your pocket.
1: So speaking of cameras, what's everyone using for their setup right now? Because there is actually a lot of options.
2: I've used quite a few different things over the years and talking about our old footage definitely reminds me of what I started with and the journey to where it is now is quite fascinating, but currently in my arsenal, I have a GoPro Hero Seven. That one has worked pretty well. Typically, that one's on my head. I've found good audio from that guy. I've I've definitely heard some od- overheating things, and I think we're on ten now for GoPros. Like I think what? so. What what happened? What yeah. what happened? I I I'm okay with where <laughs> I am at the seven. Um, I don't think I would consider. Going up a GoPro unless it like really dies, and so far I haven't had that issue. Um, I don't typically run it for like hours on end. I do typically just record at the beginning of a round and then stop at the end, so I'm not really overtaxing it. Uh, but I have heard some other concerns before, and then I do have a GoPro Hero Five session. That one was originally my upgrade when I started playing up in the Pacific Northwest, and I really liked that one because it was a it was a cube. And so I could put it many different places and it didn't weigh too much and I just had to push a button and it went and it was like easy Um, so I'll typically use that now as like a secondary camera on a blaster or give it to someone else sometimes because it's still okay it's a little outdated now comparatively but I don't know it still works just fine and upgrading from a GoPro Hero 2 to that was a serious upgrade for me. So (laughs) I was always happy to use it. Oh wow! I also have some knockoff action camera that someone gave me once. I think I've used it in like one video for a third person view and never again, but it came with a lot of attachments that I could use with my other GoPros. So, you know, that worked fine. And then way back, the first thing I ever used to record glorious video glasses in that Oh Was it 360p? Oh. I don't know. But I mean, <laughs> you you can't hate what's right on your face. Like, it's right there. Do I need to worry about the angle that my GoPro is positioned on my head? No. It's yeah. looking where I'm looking. And boy, I thought those things were the coolest ever when I first got them. And I wish I still <laughs> had them just to compare, but I think I think I finally got rid of them. And they had a little micro SD in the glasses themselves. But yeah, that was, I do have old footage of that one, and it's not on my main channel. It's in an older channel that people don't know about. So it's out there, and I can go back and reference that footage. What a trip. But yeah, so those are the two I use mostly now, the 7 and the 5S.
1: Everyone start hunting for Barrett's, uh well, I guess, third channel. <laughs> Is there...
2: It's like two previous <laughs> channels as well, so sorry. Man.
0: Oh, man.
2: <laughs> those who know, know. Right. So
1: I actually started with my phone. I think I had an iPhone 5 when I first started. iPhone 5 or 6. I forget now. That's what I started with. I bought a – no, I had the official Nerf phone mount, (laughs) rail attachment. Because Nerf made a phone rail attachment that fit my phone. Weird flex. So that was the very first (laughs) That was the very first thing that I started with. And obviously, it's on my blaster. So, for me personally, I prefer the head cam over everything else, uh, just as far as like stability and whatnot. But that's what I started with before jumping up to getting a hat mount for my phone. So, then I moved my phone up to my head. Eventually, I got a GoPro session, which was my first. That Wait, was my first camera go. GoPro- I did. I bought a, <laughs> I bought a hat. <laughs> I bought a hat with a mount for my phone that would go on my Specifically head. Specifically
0: with a mount and, on it?
1: Yeah. It was a oh, built-in wow. phone mount for my phone back then. Wow. And it worked well enough for the time. Yeah. Uh, I think that was before I was posting. Them. I think back then I was just posting them on the uh, straight to the Facebook group that we were in. Uh, by the time I was posting them on YouTube, I think I had upgraded to the Session, I think. And then I eventually got a GoPro fo- Hero 5 before upgrading to the 7. And then my 7 did have overheating problems, which is why mm. I currently have the GoPro 10. Because mm. my my Hero Ooh, 7 was not being good for me. And yeah, I usually just run a head cam. Cause I only had the one camera. I ended up getting rid of my other ones a while back just to, you know, pay the bills and whatnot. So th- that's currently all I have. Although I will say I do also still film with my phone. Like I'll get B roll. Uh, I'll usually, while I'm refing or sitting out around, I'll grab B roll of the field, which works really beautifully for my highlight reels that I do. But, uh, The one setup I've always wanted to do is something with a 360 camera, which brings us to Brandon.
4: (laughs) Yeah, that's my thing, apparently.
3: The king of gameplay footage.
4: It's so cool. So I because I I recorded footage long before I had a YouTube channel. And uh, my my original footage is so bad because like my the camera angles are like like my camera is in like the worst possible place. So you can not actually see like my dart or like what I'm aiming at or anything, it's, it's awful. So I messed around a lot with a lot of different setups and ultimately like what kept happening is that, um, and this is more of like a gameplay style thing, but I would keep like turning my head like when stuff was happening in front of me. So in my footage is like, I would fire and then immediately turn my head Mm. and you like, can't see what I'm doing. Right. And I couldn't stop doing that. So eventually I started messing around with third-person rigs. But then the problem is like you have a camera aimed at a fixed point and you still end up in situations where you end up filming like the sky or a wall or something. So what I ended up doing was just getting a GoPro Max, which is a 360 camera that films everything around you as like a giant sphere. And then you go in after the fact and you reframe the footage and editing by like rotating the camera around you as if it were like a video game. And then you just pick the angles that you want at the times that you want. And it doesn't matter if you weren't looking the right way or whatever, because you can just physically move your camera to the right or to the left and make sure that you capture whatever you were trying to capture. So that pretty much solved all my problems, because I just tossed the camera on, powered up start recording and I just I know it's going to capture everything and then I just figure it out later which makes editing take a lot longer because you end up with these giant 5.6k video files that are completely unusable without reframing which is so clutch
0: especially at something as big as like an end war or just a normal war event and like you can be looking at footage and see something you totally didn't even see or expect in your footage and you can like put that in your video uh, and that was not something you ever intended on recordings. I love that. Like, I'm mad that you don't make more videos with this rig yet. Because, like, every video you release, I'm so, like, I, I'm glued to them. They're so awesome. Live Brandon Shannon. He has man. to have more games. <laughs> 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 yeah.
1: Do more. <laughs>
2: Is it not that easy to edit that footage? What? It's it's huge. It's a lot of gigs.
4: Yeah, like the footage in the last game I went to is less than 30 minutes long, but the file is actually 58 gigabytes, which is insane. I that's yeah. absolutely terrifying.
2: The file I've seen yeah. because uh Devil's Nerfworks, I think also has one, and he's shown me some of the footage before and I'm like, no. N- I cannot. <laughs> I refuse. <laughs>
4: I actually use an Insta360 Go 2 on my head because it films mm. like a super wide angle kind of like the GoPro, but then you can go in after the fact and reframe it like 360 oh, footage. So you Just keep everything in frame. With like a smaller angle. It's like 180 footage.
2: It's impressive. That's
4: cool. That's the
3: one
2: I forgot about. I've been. That's the next thing i had been considering. Those are like the little, what, pill shaped? What, what, what shape yeah, is it? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's pill shaped. Zelkos actually runs one of those on his head as well. Uh, he was running one at APOC, so huh. I was actually pretty jealous of that, too.
4: Yeah, like, for some reason, a lot of the Singapore players are running them, I, but I never see them over here. Everyone over here has GoPros, all but they're that... really common. Yeah. That's where
2: I saw it, too. Yeah. It's so funny.
4: It's also super light, but the battery is way smaller, so it's it's better for things like comp, where matches are short, only like a couple minutes here huh. or there. It, it wouldn't really work for something like HVZ, where you're playing uh. for a long period of time. A GoPro is still a way better choice for that.
3: Uh-huh. Nice. Uh, now we get onto, uh, I guess you call it my, my pleb rig. Um, I <laughs> run a uh, GoPro Hero 5 that has seen a lot of abuse. Uh, I usually run it on my blasters. I have a little Picatinny mount, so you're always on where the barrel's looking. Um, and I m- might in the future look into like doing like a, like a chest mounted phone camera. Cause I think a lot of people think that they need like some super crazy, like phone camera to start doing gameplay footage. And like y- your phone generally now is very good at recording yeah. footage. Uh, so I might do some like chest mounted phone yeah. rig or head mounted, um, in the future. But generally I-, I find that the blaster, the blaster mount works very well for me because, uh, I'm not, well, generally, if you're aiming at something, you, it's going to be in frame.
0: Well, I guess, I mean, I'm probably going to make your pleb rig look a lot better. Well, I don't really have a rig, so generally, like, I don't even, I don't even mark on this register here, but uh <laughs> back in the day, I used a, some sort of, like, Kodak sports camera of some sort that, like, natively shot, like, 720 and at the high end shot like 1080 and I never used it because it was like impossibly big at the time to record. Um, But I recorded a lot of our like older SCNC footage through there, but I've, I've looked through some of that. And unfortunately, again, I'm a, I wasn't, I wasn't really that bad of a squeaker, but I definitely am slightly embarrassed by me talking in almost every video. So like, I don't know what to do with them because I never want to post them to the internet. Um, but I have been for the past couple of events, been using um, just an iPhone eight, and I don't really have a rig with that. Like, I really started doing a lot of that footage at Endmore, and luckily. For most of the things at Mware, from, like, FoamCon to just, like, going places to whatever, it's fine. But during the actual HVZ event, I literally just, we had a big enough group, and I would just hold my blaster in my offhand and just record with my other hand to just walk around <laughs> while we're playing. And, wait, uh, wait.
4: You held up your phone while you were playing?
0: Yeah, <laughs> because, I mean, I was just like, uh, you guys got me. You'll protect me, like, whatever. <laughs> it was not the best Confidence. setup. I didn't... I did <laughs> I didn't necessarily plan on playing, so it was all last minute anyway. Um, And I didn't get a ton of footage, let's say that. I got probably 20 seconds of footage per mission. But um, my plan in the future, I've actually, prior to this recording and prior to us even thinking about doing this, I had been looking at GoPros on like eBay and other places, like either um, used ones that people were selling. I've been actually for sure looking at like Hero 7 and higher, because I think Hero 7 is when they implemented the um stabilization um yeah or i actually haven't been looking at the 360 one so i may look into those and i know the dj the dji one has that like gimbal little camera which i've heard good things about but that's kind of like hard to mount so I've, I've been kind of doing my research and figuring out where i want to go next and obviously as um as nate was saying like you can make buy with you know worse camera rigs. I've also been looking at like Hero 3s and stuff just to have like a backup camera if I do get a nicer GoPro and just like strap that to the blaster or strap another one to my head or something. Um, but that's like you know it's it's interesting to see how you guys hold, you know, uh, attach your cameras, you know, whether you choose a head mounted device or chest mounted and how that affects your 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 footage and um I don't know. Do you, is that more of a preference thing, just out of necessity, or, or you know, I guess finding your footage better that way? But uh, it's always interesting to see how like you guys um, kind of stage your loadouts around
4: that. Yeah, like I actually prefer to just run like a battle belt, but my camera rig only works on my plate carrier, so I have to run a plate carrier no matter what, just because that's the only way to mount my camera to me. So I just have to run a full setup, even if I don't want to. Right. Yeah, like, the best camera is whatever camera you can get a hold of and use reliably. It doesn't have to be, like, a 6K camera with, yeah, like, like, super high frame rate. As long as it's, like, roughly 1080 and at least 30 FPS, it's going to look fine, especially if you're moving quickly and running around, like, it doesn't need to be the best.
3: It's yeah. it's really about capturing the action.
4: And And I'm not going to put anyone on blast
0: because, like, there are people I know in the community who do this, but, like... There are some very big content creators in the space who get lots of views and do very well on their YouTube channels. And like they don't have the best camera rigs. Like like their cameras are definitely like lower end cameras compared to what are done now. And they because of their content, it overshadows everything. So it's definitely, definitely the case. I wish there was I mean, you feel like there could be some brand that can make a cheaper camera like under a hundred that was like a sports camera or something small, but like uh, there's a lot of technology that goes into it, you know?
1: Well here's what I look at as far as cameras go. And this is my recommendation for anyone. The bare minimum that I recommend if you're looking to get a camera and you're not using something that you already have, I highly recommend at least 1080 at 60 frames per second. That's i find works the best or not the best that is the bare minimum you want so that way you can actually still see the darts because lower than that you're not going to see the darts flying through the air very well
3: especially in high high performance wars
1: Mm. exactly so i recommend at least 1080 at 60 frames per second if you find a camera that has that option and you can afford it go with that stabilization is great i love the stabilization on my gopro 10 and i definitely don't miss my 7 but my previous cameras have always been able to get i've always gone after that 1080 at 60 frames per second because i found that that is kind of like the bare minimum that you want as far as getting a camera and attaching it to your rig or looking at camera options for you to buy
0: yeah it's interesting that like I don't know, for me personally, like I get more inspiration and I do more evidence watching other sports and other similar hobbies to ours than I do sometimes watching our like Nerf footage. Like I've never played a game of Airsoft in my life. I don't ever care to play Airsoft, but like I've seen some like war videos, I guess, from Airsoft events and like some of the camera angles and the dynamic kind of way they film is really engaging. Oh, yeah. And again I never want to play I'm not interested in playing but like I've watched some more of those than I have like nerf videos at this point because they have like three different angles and you know have like you know camera's pointing at their face to get like reactions and cameras on their on their I don't know airsoft guns and on the sh- on the head and everything so like is multiple camera angles like that important I don't think it is but like it's definitely helpful it's definitely better than one for sure
1: Well, think about it this way. The Airsoft community is a lot larger than us. They have more people doing this, so they have Mm. more experience doing this than us. So there's a larger pool of information to pull from from the Airsoft community. And I've actually done the same exact thing, especially when I was looking up 360 camera mounts, because before I think Brandon was doing it, I think I'd seen uh, Mortality Nerf was also doing it. But I don't think I'd seen anyone else do it. And this is before either of them were doing it. I was looking into it and I was having to go to Airsoft to find ideas because they – that's a very big thing in the Airsoft community. Gameplay footage in the yeah, Airsoft huge. community is very big. And they are a great – they are a great source of inspiration for how to set up your rig depending on how yeah. hard you're. Yeah, to Yeah, I'd
3: argue that rig. they popularized the uh, scope cam. Like the actual view through the mm. through the scope, yeah. So that's like,
0: a huge. That that footage is like so pivotal. Like to see where like the shots are going is like some of the best. Like I wish we could do that nerf because that's yeah, so it's, engaging.
3: It's really immersive. Yeah, like
4: I actually most of my camera setup is inspired by the uh, airsoft YouTuber Brain Exploder.
1: And what's that name again?
4: Yeah, it's uh, Brain Exploder, like brain and then an explosion. Violent. I guess it works. Stairsoft.
1: <laughs> Brain exploder. I definitely have to add that to my list to check him out.
4: Basically, he experiments a lot with different camera setups, either like on his shoulder or in the scopes and whatnot. And he even has a rig where he's running the camera like dead center in his glasses or something. So you can actually see down his scope. So he doesn't use a scope cam. You, he mm. just physically looks down his scope and the camera is aligned with his eye. So you can see through it. And it just it looks amazing. Yeah.
2: Sounds like a Google Glass. <laughs> yeah,
4: it's awesome. Like, you you have to see it to understand it, but it it's a, looks amazing.
2: Yeah. Did those record? Oh, yeah. Like, I, forwards, or did those go I backwards? Don't, yeah. Did yeah. they? Did they ever come out? I saw Snapchat Bill spectacles. I think so.
1: so. <laughs> did they? Oh. <laughs> ray Bands has... There are official Ray-Bans with cameras in yeah. them now. Yeah.
0: Dude, I saw a pair of spectacles on Facebook Marketplace today for like 15. I might experiment with that. See if you can you can do
2: some footage that way. Video glasses coming back.
0: I'll look like an idiot. I'll look super dumb, but hey, it'll work. Yeah. I'm sure you can get worse. one of those
3: old like spy gear glasses <laughs> that like had the camera in the side, and it's all like incognito. <laughs> I'm sure that's around.
0: Oh yeah, I mean yeah. Again, like I. I Uh, Forsaken Angel had those and I think Drac had those and it sounds like Brett Brett had them at some point so yeah like going old school I guess with those
1: this brings up a good point about the best position for your camera to be in and I remember uh, does everyone remember the world's largest mod party because who made that oh it was a whole bunch of people in the world's largest mod party it was a big YouTube event uh, that went for like 24 hours straight. Oh, was it the stream. Forty-eight. Yes. A couple days actually. Okay. I forget.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was like a weekend. Yeah, it was a
1: couple of days. That's right. Yeah, it was a whole big. It was really cool because it was during lockdown. Right. But I remember because they talked. They did a whole section on uh, gameplay footage. Uh, make test battle did a section talking about gameplay footage because make test battle was the kind of like high bar that like they were doing gameplay footage for a long time and they had really high quality gameplay footage from back in the earlier days from what i can remember as far as like people who did gameplay footage and they were talking about the exact way to mount your camera to get a good angle because they were saying the same things where if it's too high you look like you're floating above the person and i have got to talk i've talked with my players several times about this because we all share footage uh flank master flex has a uh, always has a habit of their camera gets bumped because they are a, they're an aggressive player so they play hard <laughs> so their camera gets bumped and nudged all the time and it changes the angle of their camera it's like well you had a good play yeah. but you were staring at the sky
0: <laughs> oh man <laughs>
1: But I will say I've tried a lot of different positions for the camera. Like I've tried chest mounts. I've tried blaster mounts. I've tried a shoulder mount where it was literally uh, a thing strapped to my shoulder and like elevated slightly. I've tried a little bit of everything and I still can't find anything as good as the head mount as far as the footage that I get because it is capturing where you're looking and that is the biggest deal. Now, I've not tried 360 footage, so that I can't speak on, but... As far as just a regular action cam, I've yet to find a better position than just on the head because it'll capture where you're looking.
0: I think this could also be kind of like looped around back to like what you were talking about with like purpose of recording too. Because, like, if you want to switch up your setup or thinking about your rig and thinking about like what you personally want to record, if you're trying to put this onto YouTube or trying to post this anywhere, and if your goal is to just like get the footage so you can you know, see see the war in action or see, see the round in action and see things going on, or if your intention is to kind of make a dynamic video about, like, your engagement in an event, like an end war, like, what was your end war like? Not necessarily what end war was like. Then, like, you can kind sure. of map your setup based on what you want to record. Again, like, if you want to record... I've never seen it in Nerf, but I've seen it in other things where, like, people will put a GoPro in reverse to, like, show their face so you can get those interesting reactions. Whereas if you just have it on your head rig, and yeah, it's in like, if you have it close to your eyes, it's a good first person view, but you're also kind of the person who is recording it. You, let's say you boomstick, like people aren't necessarily seeing you at the war, they're seeing themselves at the war. So it's kind of like, you can set up your your rig based on that. And I think like, I don't know if people put a lot of thought into that, but um, like just coming from like a film background or like just being interested in film like I am, like I think about That's where I'm kind of thinking about as far as like where I want to do footage for.
1: That's a good point. That is actually a very excellent point. I've, back when I had the GoPro 7 and the session, I would run the session on my blaster pointed at me for those uh, face shots for that very reason. Now, I usually didn't get too many opportunities to use it because I usually didn't get like good shots other than just, you know, me staring around. Right. But there were a few times where I got a decent shot. Like there was one time we were playing Kill Confirm. And I was able to get the person come up behind me and tag me in the shoulder to revive me because the camera was facing the other way.
0: Mm, yeah, it's kind of like a nice happens of circumstance there.
1: Exactly. So I agree. It, it, that's a very legitimate thing. But if you only have one camera, where are you going to put the one camera?
0: Yeah, and I think like another way to look at it too is like video games, obviously like their goal and like a like a sh- like let's say like a shooter, their goal is to give you like the best viewing angle or the best atmosphere or whatever you're playing. And like the main two ones are like the first person perspective and the third person perspective. And Brandon's kind of been experimented with a third person perspective and it's not something I've seen a lot in Nerf and it creates a totally different dynamic than just like a first person perspective, um, which again is like the chest rig or the head rig. Um, And kind of seeing how different uh, media kind of film similar activities to us is a kind of, I guess it's a good jumping off point if you want to start a rig.
2: I will defend the head cam if you're also just talking about the single camera is the only option because in my, what do you want to call it, tenure of recording gameplay footage, that is also what I've found to be the most effective. And there's still... A lot of complaints that people will dish back on like headcam footage, like, oh, it's too shaky. And of course, with modern technology, we have gotten a little bit better at reducing that shake. And there will still be some people who will always say, like, I can't watch any gameplay footage. It's too much. Like, the headcam disorients me and I want to vomit in like five seconds. So I don't know if you can ever please mm. someone who has that kind of reaction to footage, um, unless it's like literally yeah. being followed by a gimbal. Uh, when it's not on your body, maybe the third person, like, uh, like on your body, is a little bit better for that too. I don't know. That would obviously be something that they would be able to speak to. But I guess I've found that the the head cam, like you've kind of been mentioning, it's the you know you see what the camera's seeing, and making sure the angle's right is obviously. A Major part of it. So testing beforehand to find that perfect angle I know Luke out of darts literally sells it like or has a position like a 3D printed part to like properly position it for him How cute he can't do it on his own Small shade. (laughs) Love you Luke Um, But it's like, you know putting that kind of effort into like reminding yourself like nope This is what it is. This is how I dial it in I don't have to kind of test and uh, try it for later, but it does depend on like how tall you are because right? like my angle is going to be a little bit more forgiving it's a little mm. higher because i'm not super tall so it sees the tall people but at the same time and this goes a little bit into maybe something more like personal when it comes to recording gameplay footage and people want to see your loadouts your blaster needs to be in frame so like yes. that was definitely an argument for the chest cam I've never tried that before. I don't know how I feel about it. I think it's kind of, for me personally, like two arms coming out from the sides of the camera makes me feel a little bit shook. Yeah. Um, But I I guess I've just always been partial to, I've trained myself to use the head cam where I, I will purposely put my arm out a little bit further so you can see the blaster. I'll purposefully kind of like move my head more like a chicken because I know that where I'm looking is where you're seeing. And it's like, it's taken years, but I've found that to be the most effective way to kind of put the viewer into my position. And I guess maybe just too, it's my bias of like when I look back and I see it, I'm like, oh yeah, that's exactly what happened. And it's like, you know, you see exactly what I see, therefore nothing should surprise you in the same way. But also I do like throwing in other stuff. But again, if it's just one camera, I want for that experience to be, you see what I see.
0: That's a great point because, and I'm going to go back to Forsaken Angels footage again because I feel like he kind of broke ground with like the sunglass camera is he would just during events and during rounds, he would give it to other mm-hmm. people. And like I got, I'd never met some of these people before, but I recognized who they were based on the blasters they used because I could see like, oh, this person's running the pump action shotgun with the revolver at the front. Like I know exactly who this is without looking at the name at the bottom. Because like that's a huge component in nerf is seeing the kind of different colors of this hobby in terms of like what people have as loadouts and if all you see is like the front of a muzzle you kind of lose that and I'm always like that's something I always look out for is being able to see what people are running see what their rig is and see kind of their setup beyond just the war footage because I mean uh, some people don't necessarily care as much about who you're shooting but they care about like what the environment is like what your gear is what everyone else is running blaster in action yeah and that's why like make test battle is so good because they did kind of the loadout videos that were so well edited and getting to see what people in like australia were were running where it was like i that was like kind of the first time i had seen so much like military tactical gear at a war before and i was like wow this is like really like it's a cool insight and i think that's super key when you're talking about uh wars and, and going out in public and you know having this community space
1: And that actually brings us pretty well to uh, pretty much the next thing I want to talk about, which was editing. You can't get gameplay footage without editing. And for some people, it's the worst. For some people, it's the reason they started making gameplay footage to begin with. (laughs) So, Brett, what are you using to uh, edit gameplay footage nowadays? Well,
2: I am using HitFilm Pro because I got it on sale with a humble bundle and that's what i use to edit all my stuff so i don't have a best answer other oh, cool. than that's just what fell into my lap after using imovie because that's what i'd been using up until never heard of that it's a yeah. it's from a small company I'll, I'll send you a link but it's uh and, and that honestly imovie was fine like it was able to handle a lot of stuff um the bare basics of like what i first threw into my like gameplay footage i kept it simple because there is like this huge debate on like, what is the best way to edit gameplay footage? And I think we all have different approaches. Um, And I will go back and forth myself yeah. on like, oh, I want to throw a bunch of things into here where it does condense it into a little bit quicker. Or it's more of like that quote unquote meme edit, um, which obviously requires a little bit more. And now with HitFilm Pro, I'm fairly capable of doing that. But it is all still self-taught. I haven't really practiced with it until I got the software so it's like, you know, sometimes just throwing some quick text and I've gone back and forth. I'm like, do I want a little blaster in like the corner or do people not care about that? Do I want to show like how much ammo I've got? That sounds like a lot of editing. Also, I didn't keep track of how many mags I loaded. No one did that. So that's <laughs> yeah. literally something you have to right. plan for if you're going to do it. Oh, I brought my... Um, <laughs> I, I brought my gecko and it had two 10 round magazines. Well, there you go. I can keep track of that. That's easy. But it's like, oh, you want to use your like, what, worker swordfish? And it's like, you brought five magazines. Sure. Yeah. Go five ahead and mags, count the a revolver,
3: a, a jolt. like
2: Yeah. Like <laughs> Three you, you have to plan yeah. so much to go into that one. And obviously you can absolutely destroy yourself on the editing side if you want to. But I've found just to yeah, bring it back to the HitFilm Pro. It's been Been pretty friendly to me. Um, It's able to handle different frame rates, and I haven't gone too much past that 1080, 1080p, 60 frames per second on a good day. Because I still will sometimes upload at 30, because you know I'm crooked like that. But I've also, I've also put out (laughs) videos with no editing before, and and people will still sometimes watch them because it's funny how honest and true they are but i think we were also speaking to a little bit earlier sometimes brandon you said it sometimes people like to see that full experience and sometimes the full experience means minimal editing because that way they get to experience it exactly like you felt it and then others will say nah man that's boring i want to be like engaged you need to keep me watching and you're like okay then i guess i'm going to put 20 hours into this video
3: (laughs) The Call of Duty hit markers. <laughs> yes, Doritos.
0: Oh no! I think people really underrate. <laughs> people that, really the, underrate
3: how hard hit markers are to do.
0: Oh, I bet. Especially annoying. if you're doing motion track, like forget about it, dude. Like, no way. Yeah.
1: But the funny thing is, I've tried so many different styles of gameplay footage. Like, you can like watch through some of my gameplay footage and just see how much it's changed, how much like finding a that's the other thing find a style that you like it's kind of like drawing it's like you find a style that works best for you you can emulate somebody's style but what works best for you will be the style of your own and it took me a while to find mine because i it's funny you mentioned the mags because i literally did that for a while where i would count my mags i had and keep track of it on the screen what i would do is uh, I would hit record and at the beginning of the video, I would say, I'm running this, I've got so many mags. That way, when I get to the editing process, I knew what my starting number was. But it was still a huge pain because there is a lot you could put into videos between the hit markers, hit trackers, blasters you're using, mags you're using. There's so much you could put into it. There's little you can put into it. Uh, I use, I do everything I do through my iPad. Like I bought this iPad specifically just to do all my editing through it. I had, I bought an editing program for 10 bucks, which works beautifully. It is called LumaFusion and it's a great little program that works really well. And the hardest part for me as far as editing goes is because I'm incorporating so many different, Amounts of footage between the B-roll that I film with my phone because I I the gameplay footage that I do is highlight reels of like the day as a whole. Like I'm currently working on my APOC video because I have footage from like four different people that I'm combining into one video. And so between the B-roll, my camera, (laughs) three other people's cameras, one other person's B-roll, it's. this the amount of work that you want to put into it is however much you want to put Put into it so I absolutely agree with Brett on that one to where it's like it depends on the video it depends on your style and each kind can kind of be really good in their own right you could have really good videos of just one game type you have one of a day as a whole it could all be really good and it could have a lot of effort minimal effort and it really just depends on the game you how you play your group what are you using nowadays Brandon to edit those massive 360 files.
3: Right. DaVinci Resolve. I've, I've heard a lot of good stuff about uh, DaVinci. <laughs> um, I'm yeah. like 90% sure there's a free tier that's decent enough. It's
4: uh, actually completely free, and it's amazing. Oh, it it's is super free? high-quality software, but it's, it's absolutely free. No cost to it at all.
3: Oh, that's actually really good.
4: There is like a paid upgrade, but it's mostly for color grading stuff that most normal people are never going to use. <laughs> oh,
3: so that that's actually really good because a lot of people uh, don't want to do what I do, which is uh, pay for an Adobe subscription. Which is yeah, especially for us,
0: for a
3: software that lets you down as often as it does, it should not be charging as much as it does. Um, I've had multiple the instances loves. where software just goes, hey i don't like what you what you put in um i'm just gonna corrupt all your footage
4: mm.
3: Ooh. and i oh, go to no. upload it and it just doesn't go so i have to turn in a school project late <laughs>
0: Shit. ouch i haven't run into that issue yeah, I, I think
3: it, it, it's <laughs> obviously it's the industry standard um and if if you want something a little less like crazy to get into uh Premiere rush is like a decent one at that. Like you can add like very basic graphics. You can trim your, your video and audio very well. Um, that's originally what I used. I, I used, uh, Adobe rush. Um, but I, I think I'm going to switch over to resolve now because it's uh my wallet can't take it.
0: No, I feel you there.
1: <laughs> what do you use nowadays, bud?
0: Um, so yeah, it's funny because, um, well, I mean I still use Premiere. So I I mean I I started using Premiere Pro when I was in high school. I had like a media arts class and it's something I'm just really comfortable with. It's it's a de- very decent program. It just costs a lot of money. Um and I've dabbled in that for things outside of this hobby. I've also dabbled in After Effects, which is like way overkill for some of the things we need Shoof. for things yeah. and and like that will take you forever to do like five seconds of footage but it's it's really cool if you know how to use it i just you know never use it for this um so that's what i'm comfortable using um some people i do the podcast with know that my computer my mac is so old that it actually can't edit (laughs) videos on premiere anymore because i don't know it must be something with an incompatibility because of how old this thing is um i will i will just say i don't know if anyone who who listens to this is looking for um like tips on some things like this. But if you've got a decent local library uh, in your area, or if you live, I live in a capital of a state. So, I mean, it might, my situation might be different than other people's locations, but like our library has the Adobe suite on there, which is free because it's a library. Um, so I have been going to the library and using their computers to edit. I'm doing a video for EndWar and like kind of going through my experience. And I've been using that to edit a lot of my footage and that's free because they're paying for it. So like, if you want to use like Premiere or something like that, like, you know, always check what's around you because, you know, you might have resources that you didn't realize. Um, but as far as like my editing, I definitely wanted like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be more dynamic. I'm trying to like use music cues or, or zoom in and out. Like I've seen other people do like long, especially long format videos from like all sorts of topics and, and categories on YouTube. And I find it so once you like realize this like trick, it's so funny because you'll see it everywhere. But like a lot of people, if they're just recording themselves and they're just statically talking, it's funny because like a lot of people will just like slightly zoom in or slightly zoom out, like depending on what they're talking about, just to create like a little bit of dynamic like action in their like otherwise static footage. And it kind of works like every once in a while, if like you're talking about something, you can zoom in a little bit on your footage and then zoom back out. It like it it does something like it. So I, I've been kind of playing around with that and trying to kind of utilize that more often. And I'm sure you guys probably know about that, but um, I don't know. It's funny. Very like some people, TikTok. yeah, it, that's a great point. Um, and, and you're going back, like whether you like recording footage or you like editing footage, like I kind of do like editing. It takes a while, especially if it's a long format video, but like, I think sometimes people think it's a lot harder than it is. Sometimes like there's just little things you can do on editing a video and it can, really like elevate your footage um if you just know the right tips and tricks it's proud when you're done
2: proud feeling mm-hmm. yeah
1: oh yeah yeah nothing's worse than uh setting your computer or ipad to render and it's gonna take like half an hour or an hour depending on your foot how long does it take your videos to render brandon i'm just actually curious about this now
4: i can like render 360 files it takes like five percent on top of the actual Ooh. length of the video fun I mean that's not terrible. So like a thirty-minute video, I can render it in like thirty-two minutes.
1: Okay, that's not, not bad. too bad. That's actually not bad. I think at it all.
4: more depends on your computer.
1: That's true. My iPad takes about the same amount of time.
0: The last video I tried exporting on this computer was a sixteen-minute video, and it took six hours. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all our sympathy for Brandon gone. <laughs> that's like my old computer back in the day.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and that was like probably 1080p at like 30 frames. That was not like in 4k or anything. So yeah.
1: And this is hoping that your computer doesn't crash mid render too. Yeah right.
0: Oh man. I mean, and then, and then Nate you talking about save before rendering, like corrupting your footage. Like dude, just th- like burn burn everything. Just raw yeah. footage at that point.
2: Would, that would make me so mad. I'm posting. Yeah. I'm posting something. It's raw footage at this point. I can't. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm gonna post the
0: footage of me destroying my computer instead of the video i worked five hours to create voiceover time
3: it's like you know this video is gonna be like super edited right. and like it's gonna be so awesome and it's like your computer's just like nah, nah i'm feeling i'm feeling a raw footage day <laughs> oh yeah
4: well giving you a raw deal for sure yeah,
3: especially when the auto save doesn't work brandon says he's got 32 cores in his in his cpu
4: no, no no i have a 10 core cpu i have 32 core gpu Dude, is, that way i can like render 360 files it takes like five percent on top of the actual length of the Jesus. video so it's like a 30 minute video i can render it in like 32 minutes
0: well now that's why you'll get five percent
3: oh, like well i mean it's 32 cores yeah it's a- apple's yeah. very good at uh you know film Slash photography.
0: Let me know what computer you have because you know I'm looking at getting a new
4: MacBook. <laughs> we'll discuss this later. <laughs> yeah, I actually took like my raw 360 files and I just threw them up on YouTube. I I um,
3: actually want to see if uh, YouTube on in VR would be able to look at that video because that would be
4: I actually pr- provide those videos to my patrons so they can go in and they can watch the 360 file like in youtube really so they can click and drag or use like a vr headset or something and like look around in real time while i'm playing
3: Mm. which is pretty cool oh that's cool yeah well i guess i know whose patreon i'm subscribing to next right
1: (laughs) you need to give your camera to barrett so he can make a video called i run you in a
0: war yeah that's that's what i was thinking too it's like i mean i don't think we'll run into hot water with this hobby but like if you post that onto YouTube or whatever and, like, you don't realize something I recorded that, like... Let's say someone had, like, their, their credit card out behind your back and you didn't realize it. And someone's like, oh, let me, like, go around and, like, see this cool footage. And they see that and you didn't before. It'd be like, Oh, okay. Like, now your footage is now linked to, like, something that could be, you know, like, oh, like... I, I don't think that'll happen with our hobby. But, like, I wonder if that's... uh Someone has to think about that if they're, like recording 360 footage because the one thing about like a normal gopro is you're recording exactly what you want to see and with 360 yeah. you're recording everything doesn't
4: like it's it's unbiased as hell because it'll record everything and now the thing about out of darts yeah every time i play there i have to ask like is it okay if i film over here can i walk oh, this yeah. aisle? is that alright uh, if i look left because like i don't want to accidentally right uh, reveal something that's being worked on like when they were doing the uh jimmy kimmel proton packs right right he the knows point. what
2: he's doing he let us in there He's taking a risk.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
1: So what would everyone say is like their favorite use of gameplay, whether it be a specific video or a specific style that's like you just love when you see this kind of gameplay footage.
3: So favorite kind of gameplay footage?
1: Just like whether it be a video or a style or just something that you see whenever this pops up, you're like, oh, that's amazing. That's really cool. I wish everybody did that. And I'll go first on this one, because for me, my favorite is still 360 footage. I am a big, big fan of 360 footage, especially when combined with a head mount. So you can get your first person footage as well as your third person footage. And the combining of the two when you get it right, it works so beautifully. That is my favorite use of gameplay footage as far as personal watching. Uh, even, Even though I love my highlight reels. I just, the, the the 360 footage is just my absolute favorite.
4: I actually asked about this uh, in my community tab on YouTube about like what kinds of footage people like. And um, it was actually kind of 50-50 to where like quite a few people really want to see just uncut gameplay. I think because it's the only way that they can experience what going to a war is actually like. Because when you just see clips and montages, it doesn't really give you the feeling of being there. But then the other half was like, they don't want their time wasted. They want to see very tight, concise, you know, best moments, cool shots, just cool stuff that's fun. And so I'm trying to figure out how to do like a balance between the two. but. I think generally I like kind of more single
0: round videos or like this is a one round of a war than I do general montages because I I do like kind of building a story in my head or at least when I'm editing, I like kind of creating a story that someone can follow. Um, And like I always knew that, but one of the things that like I've also um, been kind of appealing back to is is having multiple people's perspectives at a war and like boom you have the the luxury of having a lot of people who record with different camera rigs so that's really nice and you can compile that yeah um but i know like you know bringing up the if i had to bring up the phone pro tour like that was one of my major complaints is that a lot of those camera shots were so zoomed in that i couldn't Even if I was playing, which I was, like, I was at the event playing, like, I had a hard time figuring out, like, where they were on the field, who they were playing against, like, because I couldn't build that story in my head when it was so zoomed in. And then that's when I was like, yeah, like, that's such a, like, a huge part. Like, you can build your story and have, like, you you know tagging people but like i want to know who those people are i want to know who you're who you're you know shooting at and like what they did that round and how they were doing and so like if you can do that and then flip to their perspective and have like what they're shooting and how they're playing like that creates such a like i love videos like that which again like a lot of those videos are back from like 2010 to 2012 uh like when forsaken angel is doing a lot of those and those are still like with like the potato cameras they had were still like just so cool to see that footage done that way um so but that's like you know it's just one type like uh, you know depending on who is recording it and and the personality behind the camera like that could obviously change you know depending on the person for sure
3: yeah i definitely feel like having a uh, multiple multiple views really adds to like the con- i guess like the context of like what you're seeing like you understand like oh who's going this way what's going to say oh they're going to meet over here like what's going to happen you
0: can build a narrative
3: yeah exactly Mm -hmm. um i'm going to bring up i'm not sure if anyone knows the youtube channel node but uh way way back in the day they used to do like these uh trouble in terrorist town a lot of people it's it's very similar to the like among Mm -hmm. us format of like oh there's like someone who's trying to to tag everyone else and they got to find out who it is uh, they basically did like these house, like full house nerf battles. That oh yes, I I think uh, that's a, a lot of kids were like oh I wish I was able to do something like that, but it never ended up happening. Um, anyway, they always had like the the different perspectives, and they had like a little uh you know like a little profile in the like the bottom corner, so you know who it is, what's going on. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely agree that like adding like the li- the little touches of like. I wouldn't call it background information, but like supplementary information, like oh, this is the blaster I'm running, or oh, I just tagged this person. Um, I think I think that adds a mm-hmm. lot, and people aren't just gonna be like trying to squint and see what's on screen like 30 feet away.
0: Before we continue, like I think talking about node and like what you were talking about there is important too. Like if you're watching footage and you're like, man, I wish I was playing that because it looks so much fun. I think that's you've won when you do that, right? Right. Because then you know you've created something interesting it's not because i've seen plenty of footage where it's like wow that's like good a good shot or like oh like whatever but like if i'm like man i want to play this game type because of the way it was filmed i want to play end war because of the way it was filmed i want to do this because you know like then that it's successful so i think that's a good benchmark for a lot of videos if you're talking about gameplay
2: yeah agreed and the the node slash corridor videos definitely are something that I can reference as well because it's like, I remember the was it Rainbow Six Siege.
3: Yes. variants and
2: like zombies. Yeah. And it's like, you know, looking back to you're like, oh, wow, they're using like these blasters, like hammer shots, probably fine. And, you know, we, we microanalyze blasters because what we do. But at the same time, it's yeah, you, you would want to play that still. I would absolutely pick up a stock blaster and, and play that thing. Um, Hands down. And I think one of the other ones that maybe then scaled up to some of the footage that I'm most interested in is the hardest footage to edit and the hardest to get right, which is the HVZ footage. So something like TK1138 and Dart Dragon, Naptown Nerf's HVZ footage collaborations in the past have been, in my opinion, some of the absolute best for fully seeing the HVZ game And also just getting a really good video because there's so much poured into those and i again when i see that i'm like heck no never would want to do that i i want to have half of a life this is no life editing this this is awful (laughs) but i love it so much and it's so so engaging because i can follow everything that's happening also i definitely wasn't doing what they were doing so I want to see what they did. So it gets me interested in the game. I get to see a different perspective and they throw so much extra stuff with like the uh, the drone footage, other people's footage, you know, knowledge of what the mission was where I'm like, oh shit, was that the mission the whole time? Sure, I wasn't <laughs> paying attention. So I think those are have been my favorite. Um, and then even like scaled down from that, my initial response, boom, was going to be Just seeing, I think, footage from a sideline, because having worn the GoPro the whole time, I do appreciate more from people who will sit on the sides and take pictures and do video footage where, you know, they actually get the good angles that you're not going to get. Because you can also look back at that later and see like, ooh, that's a good shot of everyone like leaving spawn, you know, like all rushing at once. And, you know, that also is just another way to advertise the group, show what we're doing, see all the blasters, you see yourself... You see people you didn't see. It's like neat. And you can get those really cool shots of like where you're playing too, because sometimes that's also the most fun to see in footage. Where are you guys playing? I don't got that. Oh, yeah. And I'm,
1: I'm very fortunate. because yeah. The hardest part about that is if you're going to choose to get the B-roll, you're not you going to be in the foot. Yeah, you're not yep. playing and you're not in the video. I'm very that's fortunate. That's why the respect is there. I'm very fortunate in the Mm, fact that I have one other person there who we take turns filming b-roll so we both end up in each other's videos so that way there is b-roll of us playing because we both are able to take that turn of sitting out and getting that footage and it's it's I I'm very thankful for him it's like Dar sweep is my like he's one of my admins for he's my only admin currently for Maryland Earthers who helps me run things and we make a great team with getting shots and everything. So yeah, I a hundred percent agree because it, it 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 is a you are sitting out of the game to do that. So that that is something that it's really nice to see, but it, it's obviously a you're giving up something to do that.
0: Dart Sweep, like he's he's almost like your group's historian. Yeah. Like the amount of footage he got at Endor and and Foamcon and all yeah. that, like is impressive.
1: Well, he is a professional videographer as well. He he's a
2: well, that would help. Yeah, that's yeah. what he does for a living. Freaking professionals. <laughs> like if you watch yeah, it, his... knowing what they're doing.
1: Oh yeah, and you can tell like in his most recent video he did where uh, Dart Zone, uh, a Dart Zone representative came to uh, or a Dart Zone social media representative came to one of our games and he did a whole video. No way. Oh yeah, it was awesome. I unfortunately had COVID during that event, so I wasn't able to go. Oh. I was very upset about that.
0: Oh, <laughs> but man. he did a
1: video, His at the time of this recording this, his latest video was really, really good. Like, I definitely recommend watching it because the way he does it, highlighting the fact that Dart Zone's there, it was so good.
4: All right. I have a baby human that needs to eat food to uh, continue surviving and all that. So I have to book it out of here. But you guys have fun and uh, have a good evening, Brandon. Talk to you all later. later. See you. See ya.
1: And we will continue wrapping up this because we're just about done. Um, yeah. I don't think. Oh, uh, as far as the main topic anyway, I did want to get into. Now, we did post on Facebook, so we're finally utilizing our Facebook page. And we're going to read off some things uh, that other people, because we posted up on there for time for some audience participation. What opinions do you guys have on gameplay footage? And we got some pretty interesting responses. Uh, Thomas says, I think the hobby needs more footage from more people. It seems to be hard to find good footage. I also think it would be cool if more of the footage we see would be more than one game. Most videos are too short to me. Some games play faster than others. I get it from an editing perspective, but I think the extra effort would make for a well-rounded video. Which, I mean, you know me, the videos I make, I 100% agree with that.
0: If you want to say Thomas or Thomas M.
1: Oh, yeah, thank you. Bleep out his last name for him. Well, I mean, actually... I don't think well, I mean, we have to. No, I don't think we have to because it's posted on a public Facebook group, a Facebook page.
0: Google. Yeah, yeah, true. If it's public, yeah, yeah. It's, okay.
1: it's it's not like a private message or anything. It's it's he. Make
0: sure to read his address. Get the
3: <laughs> <laughs> <Dotson. laughs> address. What's the
0: what's the last three digits? What's their so, security <laughs> code on their credit card? Uh, would your anybody else are like trash?
2: Read? And your location is public.
1: <laughs> <laughs> would anybody else like to read a uh, a comment that was made? Um, i posted a link to the
3: uh yeah i got <laughs> it
0: Hold on, hold on. I'm, I'm opening it now <laughs>
1: <laughs> i did put it in there a while ago
3: <laughs> yeah no no I, oh okay. this is a very good one um thomas i'm not gonna attempt to pronounce that last name in fear of getting it wrong Uh-oh. says i think the hobby needs more footage from you more mean people the one that it's- i just <laughs>
1: read nate i just read that one <laughs>
0: oh it's no. been a day oh, dude no. I'm, I'm sorry falling apart it's falling apart no i knew it as soon as he said thomas i don't know i was like oh no I, that didn't
3: work i sort of just like just you, you can pull another yeah, no, yeah no, i know man. but <laughs> i'm sorry i sort of just like go into like you hear like this like static going off of my head that's usually what happens <laughs> i
0: just, <laughs> got the dial up
3: okay it seems like a lot of people are saying that like they just want the highlights and yeah, like a, like a tag montage is definitely like a very popular way of doing it.
1: Yeah. Um,
3: But I will say
1: like, as far as like gameplay footage goes, the non highlight videos still do very well. I know we didn't touch on this much, but I will say that aside from, I think like my big events, like end war, APOC and, big events like that. My gameplay footage doesn't usually do all that well compared to like my other videos, uh, mostly because obviously like people are more interested. Now that's just me personally from my own YouTube channel, not compared to others, which is why I switched to highlight reels. But you get people like Brandon and Brett and everything. And it's like, they do really good like single game videos that they can do Um, obviously Brett does like multiple games as well, where they're running different things and whatnot.
2: You did it. Boom. You you touched on it. You you imagined that it was just your channel that doesn't see real that much success from your gameplay videos, (laughs) but I'm sure it's a one-off. I'm going to not dive fully into this topic because we've had such positive conversations about (laughs) gameplay footage, but YouTube really is cruel when it comes to that. And I've heard people who have said they want to do a lot more gameplay footage and they really love doing it. And they unfortunately think that one day it will break and get so many views and it'll be so well received. And I'm like, yo, no huh. one gives a crap about it in really? the later YouTube realm. Yeah. Harsh yeah, 100%. facts, but it's true. And and you um Maybe we're gonna pose the question earlier about like the different types of gameplay footage because for me It really is between that real and staged and then there are offshoots Of course, like most of what we've been talking about it was of course the real footage that you then decide how do I want to present this? Yeah, but man oh man can you for an experiment can you guys? uh, guess what possibly the most viewed video of like real gameplay footage is that has a tie to like the foam flinging community. Just take a guess.
0: Define real, like actual authentic. For, yes.
2: or live Re- recorded footage that someone, you know, was either recording with a GoPro on their head or was filming from the sidelines, and it's like actual gameplay that someone posted. I, f-
0: I feel like it has to be something drama-related, like something happened on field that was actually people were clicking because of the clickbait. And
2: again, it's like community-based, so not like... Um, Oh, they were playing Mm. and and so therefore not node or corridor related. That's that's no fair that that actually breaks into it No fair
0: Yeah, because otherwise I would have said like the gun versus gun channel because I know that one's like
2: I mean weirdly popular (laughs) It's uh, so I would say it is something we touched on earlier make test battle They had a video their loadouts you could argue fit into that category or not but I would say that in a quick search one of their most popular of 2015, Serious Business Nerf Combat, 1.6 million views. That is quite the feat. Now, can you uh, guess what the most viewed video of staged gameplay footage would be from say someone like PDK Films?
3: Um,
2: Oh man. Too late, 202 (laughs) million views. It's night and day, yeah. oh, and that right, of course right, right. is just comparing yeah. like some of the most extremes. But you know, you start looking a little bit less, and you know, Make Test Battle had some of the most viewed gameplay videos, and yeah. that's why I think some people would then start to see them as like, oh my gosh, these guys make like real gameplay videos. Nerf is real, also Australia is real. That's pretty cool. <laughs> but I just pulled that video up out of curiosity. I know, sorry, love Australia, but. <laughs> You see these top comments on them, too, and people are like, finally, a legit Nerf war that is not just 50 people standing in a blob shooting at each other, or yeah. this is the best and first real Nerf war I have ever seen. And some of these comments are like, months ago. And the replies are like, yeah, I knew I was the only one tired of PDK films. And, you know, it's like the staged gameplay is its own thing. But it's so interesting to see, like, with some of those comments on a video like this, which clearly kind of broke out somehow that there are people interested in real gameplay footage, and they just don't know how to find it because when they search Nerf War, they get the stage stuff like from perhaps Gun vs. Gun or PDK Mm. Films and Aaron Esser. And and a lot of those are fine in their own right because it's a different art form. But of course, when it comes to what we're looking at, it's so different. I apologize, I had to get that in there because- Oh no, you're fine. You have to think of that when it comes to gameplay. Yeah. No, hundred percent.
3: That's 100%, huge. Yeah. I think it's a very good point, and no, a, and I, that goes I, back to me with, with, with like,
0: like with the airsoft, like they do numbers on these oh, airsoft yeah, yeah. videos, and we're so similar that like it doesn't make sense why they're able to get all the views that they're able to get, and it's a very similar sport, and we're not able to reach those numbers at all,
2: yeah. not even. And and it's not like I haven't searched for like Nerf cheater stuff. Um, and you know, maybe <laughs> yeah, shorts, that's a good point. It's, it's possible. But at the same time, I think a lot of the people trying to make footage aren't trying to go that route. You know, they're posting yeah. just footage of stuff and airsoft, right. whether intentional or not. You know, sometimes that's just what people bring out of uh, their footage is like, oh, cheating montages. And it does we,
3: really well. We also have way less. Well, we all know baby. what the
2: number one clip would be. Bro, no photo in the building. Uh oh.
1: No, it'd be totally Barrette getting shot during the Q4, or not Q4, the Q2 qualifier oh, for Foam Pro Four. Oh, oh, oh.
3: <laughs> I was wondering cheating. who would bring this up.
2: Heckin' cheating. <laughs> Caught live. My favorite footage.
3: Live in 4K.
2: <laughs> so it's it's uh, really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite something. The more, like, the more you've been on YouTube and just searched around it, and this is another thing I've talked to, like, Jangular extensively about, It's so bizarre how no matter what seems to happen, and we've talked about like kind of our different styles and how that changes over the years and whether it be something we enjoy or just like you see something else and you're like, ooh, that inspired me to do this. No matter what, it really does seem to be completely like just hidden from the general public when it comes to searching for legitimate nerf gameplay. Unless you know the channel, you ain't finding it.
3: Yeah, it, it's very eclipsed 100%. by the other stuff.
2: So I post mean, more. It, <laughs> I guess. Oh, hundred yeah. percent
1: Like, that, that'll that help a lot. Just posting more if...
0: Overload the algorithm.
1: Yeah, I mean, essentially, that's, that's what'll end up happening. Because here's the thing. We not only have to compete with people like PDK and other stage stuff. We also have to compete with people who are just shooting blasters around their house. Like, literally, Kevin Hart did a video with Nerf blasters. Right.
3: Call or it like the, or. the reload montages yeah oh so like nerf
0: themselves gosh.
1: yeah like the combat we're getting buried under all that and like talking about youtube is like a whole like conversation you could have in and of itself of like what goes on with youtube and like the best way to succeed in that regard which that that's that's a whole thing but i agree with you i absolutely agree that we need more of it. Absolutely.
0: Going going back to the Facebook page too, there was someone on here. Ben was talking about just like not having empty space between videos and just like always having something going on on screen. Which also is going to like allude to this point that uh, Brett was talking about, where you know, is this accessible to people outside the hobby? I think sometimes mm. footage from wars isn't even accessible to people in the hobby at times because like I've personally thought about some of the again going back to like thinking about. 10 years ago and like my, what I call my glory days. Like I had, I had someone who I used to do wingman rounds with all the time. And like some of the banter we would have while we were playing was like really funny. And I was like, man, that would make like a really good video of us. And like thinking about it now, it's like, you kind of need to think not necessarily about what you think is entertaining on the day, but will other people, will someone who has no idea about this hobby will someone not from your group, find this entertaining because like sometimes because you live it, you think it's entertaining. But if you're like someone who doesn't know these people and doesn't know the backstory, it might not work. It might not work in video form if you just put that out there. And so like sometimes you have to think about your audience. You have to think about those dead spaces between shots. And like that's all if you – I mean that's if you really want to take it seriously. If you really want to like make this into something where you're going to get like 12 million views or something on videos. Like I don't know. Is that that an angle you push towards? You know, making things more dynamic, making things more action-packed, cutting out the fluff. Um And it's all just about how you want to edit. It's all about how you want to record footage.
3: Yeah, I I honestly think that like the more people start to record and post gameplay footage and they, they try to put their own spin on it, there's going to be that one person who finds exactly what the algorithm is looking for and it just explodes. I'm sure that's going to happen eventually if enough people start, you know, recording and being like oh what if i do this thing what if i you know put this graphic in or, or i don't know what you call it or just put this thing on screen there's going just, to be something that that gets people hooked
0: you need to have more video titles of like nerf war goes wrong and people in the thumbnail like gone wild shocked face yeah and that's how you'll you'll get the algorithm that way <laughs>
2: Death breaking through glasses yeah it's the
0: good stuff yeah but
1: you bring up an excellent point actually because i mean for one that's like brett's bread and butter like
0: <laughs> which one of us
1: ran around in a banana suit throwing bananas i mean it's probably
0: it's almost at the point where like youtube is basically saying that's how to make content is like yeah. make a thumbnail that's gonna like not necessarily clickbait but it's gonna be have people be like what does that mean i'm gonna click on that you know and like it's it's kind of a part of the game. Like if you want to yeah. be a part of the game, you kind of got to play along.
1: I mean, you're not wrong because one of my better videos was one where it's, I just happened. Well, I ended up catching up from two different angles: one from my GoPro, and one from uh, Dart Suite doing B-roll. And it was I snap. I, I hit one of my players in the nuts with a Mega XL dart from the Mega
2: Nader.
3: <laughs> Ooh, that's one. And
1: like, yeah, it like so I was able to put that in the thumbnail. With like a oh, marker right, right. going right to his crotch, that one did very well because it hits. <laughs> of and course, I do think that's a uh, part of the problem with me. I probably need to find more exciting things to highlight in my own thumbnails. But you are right with that one. Is making your title and your thumbnail exciting is a way to get more engagement. <laughs> it's close to home.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can also like go very meta and be like satirical about it too. I've seen plenty yeah. of channels that like purposely are are like playing the game and like knowingly like, I you know I there's there's a channel I've seen that's like a a, a rehab clinic for like exotic animals and everything and like he's very like bombastic and all of his videos will have like one of the, like this animal, like this name d- dies with a question mark. And it's like, he does that. We're talking every about time.
2: urban rescue ranch, aren't you? Yes. Uh, yes. Well, <laughs> case in point. And
0: I don't yeah. necessarily think it's that entertaining, but like, I do think it's like, every time I see that I'm like, that works. I know it does because like, it does like make me like look at that and be like wait what oh of course yeah this is yeah. this is a joke this is like satirizing that whole like extremism with with youtube content um and i'm not saying you have to do that like you can you very much like have lesser views and like keep your channel smaller if you want to like not fall into that but keep I your know, integrity. i think you have to consider <laughs> yeah yeah that's
2: yeah integrity. that's true if there's i mean it's a fine line it's it like a kind of just trying to make clear it's hard to know exactly how to approach it and it really just depends on what you want to do and we've talked about just so many different kinds of footage and you know whether one does better with the YouTube algorithm or not may not really matter to you if it's just like I want to share my footage from our past game and the only view that I really care about are from the people who are there or the people in the club or you know other people around the the nation or the world who actually just want to see this maybe I don't care about you know, other people seeing it. But if they do, that's great. And if that's the case, then, well, you're probably going to have a better time because, yeah, trying to shoot for the stars higher. It's like then if you do start getting like a little bit more traction, I'm, I'm sure, boom, you can speak to this one, too. It's like you'll get the other comments of, you know, you've made it when someone
3: says, why don't you go play Airsoft? So you're like, Aha, Good.
1: Nailed it. Yeah, right. Love it. I've made Frame
3: it. that, put it on your wall.
1: <laughs> yep yeah I, I, i've mm-hmm. gotten those i have gotten those now so i i've i've officially made it <laughs>
0: <laughs> or just in general where now you have people like where's your next video like what's you know like i miss your old content i miss missing you do, like then like <laughs> now once you're a part of the game people know you're a part of the game and they expect certain content from you and that's when like sometimes you'll see like as soon as it happens with some people they like drop out because they're like i wanted to make this content but i don't want to like Feel the anxiety of having to make content specifically curated to this hobby sometimes, Um, or they'll switch up and oh, I'm doing reviews only, or I'm doing more war footage, and like, you know, it's it's a tricky game. It's you have to balance it. It's a tricky game. It's not easy to make content on YouTube if you're going that way. Also,
2: very
1: time consuming.
2: And just because it's on topic, I know we're running a little later on on this than expected, but go ahead. When it comes to, I mean, boom, you mentioned like, you know. There's this series I did. I ran that in a war using loadouts and stuff. You know, it gets really difficult to make gameplay videos when there aren't games happening. And so I'm sure you've or anyone who records, you know, gameplay videos understands if you got to go to games and like capture footage, it's a different kind of beast. Like you, you have to go onto the field to perform with your blaster. And that becomes its own mission. And, you know, sometimes... Playing a certain way changes how you experience the entire day. I even found that after like a full day of wearing my GoPro, I was more prone to headaches. So that's another reason I don't love to wear my GoPro all day. And another reason why I probably won't wear a GoPro for an HVZ because I don't want to. It just is uncomfortable. Uh, And you just kind of learn that over time. And, you know, then other people are wondering, well, where's your gameplay footage? And I'm like, oh, let me see. Oh, it's not here. Because I couldn't and I chose not to. what are you gonna do? So it's really it's a really odd thing to look back now and and see that kind of change in uh, like what I record, when I record it, and what I purposefully choose to then leave out because I think my first few games now down here in San Diego, I didn't record anything, and I was like, oh, I probably could have recorded that round. That would have been funny. I bit someone with a snake blaster oops didn't get that but you know sometimes you just want to also enjoy the game and you don't want to think about the camera because when you put the camera on things change it does
1: it absolutely changes how you play and i think like the best example i can think of about like changing how you play and i've noticed this and i've talked with this about others who also do gameplay footage is like because I would bring up Bradley Phillips because everybody wants a scope cam on their blaster and nobody can figure out why their scope cam footage doesn't turn out as good as Bradley Phillips. And I was talking to him about like, it's because he intentionally changes changed the way he plays in order to run a scope cam because you have to leave your blaster still for a couple seconds after taking that shot. Whereas most people Mm -hmm. they'll take the shot and immediately move. And it's a very tedious and exhausting thing focusing on having that camera on you. Is your camera recording? Like I've run rounds where like <laughs> something went wrong with my camera and I just didn't get any footage of that round. I could have run the round ra- without a camera because it just didn't work. And Is the lens yeah. cap on. <laughs> <laughs> I've done that. Weird. Yeah. That,
0: there's a reason why you don't see that a lot on like CQB or like close quarter, like like wars or games because like, if you're moving the scope or you're removing your blaster quickly to like hit a target, like yeah. that footage is going to have like a smear on it versus like, if you're trying to shoot down range, you're moving more slowly, which is again, like yeah. why a lot of times you see like long range shots with that. Um, again, you have to switch up your loadout and if you, if you want to, if you like it, you win, but it's something you have to consider.
1: Yeah. But I know it seems like we're going down a bit of a downer, but again, back to the thing of like more, gameplay footage is good start with what you have duct tape your phone to your blaster duct tape it over your eyes look through the camera app (laughs) (laughs) yeah hold it in your hand while you play like and then post it it's it's fun and it helps the community actually a lot more than you probably think
2: You don't have to be too self-conscious about it. I know some people really make an effort to be like, here's my KDR. And it's like, that's great. If you want to keep track of how many tags you got and how many times you got tagged out, guess what? I don't care.
3: (laughs) Honestly, you know,
2: maybe nine-year-olds do care. I don't care because this is nerf, like, who gives a shit? Like, you know, right. some people make a huge stink about that one. Like, oh, how many, yeah. how many kills did you get? I'm like, oh, I got this many tags and I got <laughs> tagged out um, twice as many times because I kept flinging myself at the objective because that's fun. And yeah. people are always like, whoa, I, I, okay, why didn't you record how many times like you got killed though? I'm like, all right, this conversation's over. So <laughs> we're not judging your like game performance because everyone's yeah. got those bad games. And oh, everyone's yeah. got like those moments where you're like, did I just get two people? Oh, nice.
3: Did I just get five people? Like, Did I, get-
1: <laughs> did I miss every shot? <laughs>
3: <laughs> just empty a mag and it just goes all around the person.
1: <laughs> I've done that. <laughs> it's so
0: frustrating.
2: <laughs> Dart issues, yes.
0: Yeah, it's ultimately like the same advice people give with like general vlogging. It's like if you enjoy doing it, it doesn't matter if people enjoy it. Like if you just want to make content and like just have something you can look back on in three years and like be like, oh, I remember when I did this. Then like you win, like you win if that's your goal and you don't have to appeal to anyone's needs or like I want to see more kills on screen or, or whatever. Just like make the content you want to make. And over time, yeah. if you want to change it up, it's like up to you. But like you don't have to. Again, I, th- I think it's hard because like you don't have to chase what other people who are have big channels are doing. Because generally, you're not going to catch up anytime soon, especially with Nerf. Like, once you're in the top kind of echelon of like Nerf channels, you don't see people just like breaking into that like super easily. Like, they're kind of stuck there. Um, so there's no point in like chasing some of the bigger channels anyway.
1: So yeah, so we definitely agree. We want more. We want to see you strap a camera and get footage now, Barret. <laughs> You are our first guest on the Dart Jam Podcast, and we have a question for you. Hmm. What was your worst Dart Jam experience?
2: Oh boy. Please don't say this one. Oh. (laughs) oh, Didn't even think of that because my mind went way too quickly to this particular blaster. (laughs) Um. Boy, oh boy. So. You know, I've been playing with this blaster recently that I received, and it's pretty good. It shoots it shoots upwards of 200 fps, and when it works well, it's actually quite quite fun. <laughs> I, I the stock is not ideal.
3: I think we it, all it, know what you're talking it's about. It's when <laughs> all the
2: way down, it works fine. Um, this blaster, it is red. It, it is a <laughs> it is a pro blaster of sorts, and the reason why it, this it, is
3: it the Mark Zone Dart Three.
2: It, 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 no, it's
3: the <laughs>
2: 1 plus 2 equals 3, but yes, it's the 1.2. I'm sure mm, boy. I have had very bad jams in the past, but because I have used this blaster in a couple games recently, before modifying it, they stick out very strongly. And in the times that they did jam, it was very, very frustrating because it worked really, really well in a lot of times, and I was like, oh, this is going great. And then it's like, exactly when I don't want it to jam, something goes wrong. And I'm like, oops, I guess I primed it wrong or just general skill issue. But I I gave it a fair shake, tried it with talons, tried it with their mags. And it just sometimes there's two different jamming types. When I knew that it was like jamming on the prime forward because of that little like dart flap gate. What is it called? The... That little piece that gets stuck, I knew to just pull it back and then take the magazine out and fire the dart that's Uh, in there. Oh, right. But when the dart folded, you're done. You are (laughs) toast. (laughs) And I had that happen at least once in a parkour game, um, uh, indoor parkour arena, which was really fun and it was low stakes. So it wasn't a huge issue when it did jam, but when it did, I did need to use a ramrod to push Mm -hmm. it out. So, you know, you are done. I also used it in a BTA flag push test day um, about two, three weeks later. And again, just wanted to give it a fair shake as it was using the mags. And when it jammed on me there, I, I was having a bad time because I was like in a corner. We had an opportunity to push. Dare I say we had an opportunity to win. And um, well, your ammo's capped, you can't do much else. So I'm just hunkered behind cover just praying they don't realize that i'm jammed i'm just peeking and trying to make it look clear because if i throw the blaster down in frustration they know and the people on the sidelines who are out are going to call me and their teammates are going to rush over and get me so you can't even have a proper response to your frustration and i think that's the most frustrating jam i could ever have anyways this has been a mark 1.2 um (laughs) recap (laughs) <laughs> no man.
0: I mean I get it like it's, it's worse than other blasters because it's almost so good like mm-hmm. out of the box it's so good and then because it's jamming like it makes it seem worse than anything else really
1: but thank you for sharing that experience with us
0: <laughs> yeah as someone who's used them pr- at, at a, uh, I would, a a professional environment with stakes yes. on the line I, I feel your pain
3: they were offering steaks
0: stakes to the heart really oh that's how it felt the
2: the following day after that bta test day we had a more casual game and uh, team void actually had all of their mark 1.2s and 2.1s show up and we unboxed four of the 1.2s because we kept some of the others in box for those who weren't there and we were able to very quickly jam all the other ones so <laughs> you know it was that's, we, that's, we, that's we a new game type that's a new game type
0: who can who can jam their 1.2 the fastest like you got a bucket like, of spam 1.2s it
1: it was and rough. you get to use yeah. it oh i actually thought of a legit game type you you have a bucket of mark 1.2s on each side when it jams you're dead and you have to go respawn and grab a new mark 1.2 you lose <laughs> when you run out of mark 1.2s <laughs>
2: Oh my god. Just like the tournament.
3: No, when you m- run out of Mark 1.2s, you get a Mark 3, and uh, then you have to get a tag with that to win.
2: Oof. <laughs> it's, uh, uh
3: deep, throwing a little shade there.
2: <laughs> yeah, and this was before we figured out, too, that you had to just completely remove that little tab, because I, I made the right. cut that night after my yeah. frustration from this test day. I made the cut into the shell. I was like, alright, I'm done. I'm going to use a functional one. And then... It jammed on me the next day as well. And I was like, you know what? (laughs) No, we're not doing this. Um, Brett's getting upset. Uh, I'm not I'm not doing this to myself. And then it was discovered that there might be something you just want to completely eat out of that blaster to make it functional. So anyway, that was a fun weekend. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So
1: this is obviously been Brett. I know a lot of people know you and who you are, but why don't you tell those who might not know where they can find you?
2: You can find me on YouTube at Beret, just, yep, just Beret, I think that's the name. You can also find me on my second channel, Burt, which is appropriate here because I've been uploading more raw gameplay footage to that channel and just kind of sharing more experiences there, um, which some people seem to like and others, it's not for them, but I, I like to post footage on there, sometimes Instagram as well, and, uh, TikTok, if i remember to upload anything when i care but currently <laughs> i don't so
1: feel that one obviously i'm boomstick mods you can find me pretty much everywhere as boomstick mods whether it be facebook instagram youtube TikTok. it's all boomstick mods if it's a platform and i'm there it's going to be boomstick mods nate where can they find you uh
3: you can find me on etsy and instagram at ns arms and on youtube i believe under that same name uh not really posting anything there yet uh might do a few overview videos soon so we'll see what happens but uh yeah that's basically where you can find me
1: and maybe some spud, what footage
3: oh, we'll see when that happens <laughs> <laughs> spud where can we find you
0: uh, you can find me on Etsy under Submarino Fabrications. You can also find me on Reddit and YouTube under Spud Spadoni. I should be having a video out soon, so that will be fun to catch up on. And uh yeah, that's pretty much it.
1: Now Brandon, where can they find you at?
2: Um I <laughs> That's how Brandon sounds right. right. Brandon's characteristically high
0: pitched voice. <laughs> yes. That's the baby. That's the baby talking. It's the baby. So eating those green beans. Those are half darts. So thank
1: you, audience, for listening to yet another Dart Jam podcast episode where we try to jam as much into a single topic as we can. So until the next one, I've been boomstick and I'm out.
3: I'm Nate. I'm out. <laughs> Totally not stealing your outro there. I'm just out. I'm out of this.
0: I'm out. (laughs) I'm out of darts. Perfect. Perfect. That's great. I love it. Love that.
4: All right, I'm recording this in a slightly different environment than usual, and I don't know how that'll affect things, but I guess I always end up doing something different, and I don't know what normal even is at this point. So Boomstick's coming in, he'll be being like, yo, Dart Jam, super cool. We're awesome. Like us and stuff. And then he'll be introducing people going like, I'm Boomstick Mods. I'm with me. I have, and then like Meeker will say the word Meeker or whatever. And then I guess I will say Brandon Diaz or like, and I'm Brandon, whatever one makes more sense grammatically.